0: Welcome to Calling the Audible This is Iggy Magnets Not P. Zelleries I'm joined by not I can't hear you anymore, but that's fine Can you really not hear me? No, but that's, <laughs> but that's I fine I can hear him <laughs> uh, Lori willette Yes Hello? Hello Can you hear her? I cannot No. You can't hear me? <laughs> no But I, uh, yeah, no I somehow lost connection while introducing like, yeah. the show but that's fine I uh, love how it's
1: just you though Cause we're Well I mean I'm always fine I'm more confer- a surprise That she's yeah. okay And you're Yeah
0: not. I can hear the music I just I hear everything But you guys I
1: feel Have like you? it's a
2: weekly uh, Yeah it's A weekly thing
1: Have you tried boosting your A? No You should try boosting your A Do you hear me Hello? now? No
0: No, no. Alright but that's fine
1: um, Lori, Welcome yes. to the show
2: Thank you Second show Welcome back Yeah Yes
0: uh we're also joined of course by uh Eagle at Master Control.
1: Hello. There
0: there it is. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> I didn't remember that, place,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh guys we've uh we had an interesting week. Uh of course.
1: Uh I mean not it, really though. There's like four games.
0: Yeah, but there was uh the rules committee. Uh, something yes. that you know is kind of behind the scenes of all of uh, FPF that uh, two two of us were present at. Uh, we'll go through uh, some of the things that were updated uh, in some detail, not great detail for all that uh, all the specifications. We'll probably have an article coming out with uh, what's new, what's different.
1: Yeah, we're going to be doing an article that's going to highlight all the changes that are there. Obviously, we're waiting on the final updates to the rulebook so we can publish those on our site. And we're hoping to bring in someone on the referee team, um, probably either like Jason LeClaire, Leo Gervais, uh, etc., that can actually come in and talk us through the whole process, talk us through some of the changes that are being made, and uh, just general procedure updates that are happening with the referees, too. Um, Besides the fact that, obviously, we're changing the rules. We also look at the way the rules are enforced or the way the referees position themselves, what we call the mechanics. The clinic, no? Yeah, and there's a, whole, there's a whole process to that and everything. So we can also kind of give players an update in terms of what we're doing behind the scenes to make sure that the refereeing experience is always improving.
0: Yeah. So one of, those, uh, one of the major topics uh, that we've implemented this year in the fall, and uh, a lot of people have been asking, hey, are we going to keep that onside kick uh is it is it is it staying is it going is it going to be modified in some way and the answer of course is that we are keeping it uh and but the, yeah but <laughs> big modifications in terms of the way it's used so we described in one of the earlier podcasts uh here on calling the audible the intent the purpose of the onside kick it's really meant to come back into a game that you're down by nine or more points, uh, and, and trying to catch up with like f- about five minutes less. The way the rules been, or at least the the rules around the onside kick with the Fall Cup, teams have been using it in the first half. Teams have been using it so that teams don't finish the half with one play left because it consumes the play. So it's not exactly what we are. At least while it's an interesting way of managing. The game, it, it's putting a nice little twist to it. There's it's, almost
1: no risk to doing it, right? You want to do yeah. it almost right away, just to get it done with and then move on with the game.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Like the, any time there's a penalty on an extra point, I'm like, I'm immediately applying it on the onside kick because I'm going for it at that point because I'm, I just made it five yards easier to get an extra possession. And essentially, what we're giving up today is 15 yards. But enough about what's going on today. Let's uh, let's uh, look at some of the modifications for the winter. So first of all it's now an extra point option so after your TD you either go for one you go for two or you go for the onside kick then to even have the option to use it you need a timeout so it's more you have to be careful with your timeouts now you can't just you know burn your two timeouts during the game and if you did well too bad you can't use the onside kick anymore
1: and you can still only do it once per game
0: yeah still only use
1: it once per game uh not only do you need a timeout, it burns one of your timeouts. Because we're going to set the bags up and everything. It takes time off the clock. So this is a way to make sure that the game doesn't get out of hand from a timing perspective. Yes, exactly. Because right now with extra points, taking 30 to 45
0: seconds onside kick, 10 seconds to maybe remember about the onside kick, call for it. Refs moving the cones back, setting up the play takes about like two minutes from after your touchdown that, that are down, uh, down the drain, so to speak. Uh, so, Extra point option, need a timeout to use it, burns the timeout, Uh, like Eagle alluded to. It it stops the clock, of course. It now does not count as a play in the final five plays. So you can't use it, oh, there's one play left in the game. I just scored a touchdown to prevent the other team from even having a chance at coming back. I'm just going to... Uh, use the onside kick, throw it to the ground, and wh- that's it, game over. No, no chance of, uh, of even, uh, you know, having it getting intercepted or n- never even letting the other team get a chance to come back into the game. Um, so it doesn't count as a play. And very important is that if you miss the onside kick, the other team starts at your own five-yard line. So they don't start at midfield it's essentially at point ball dead so even if the team catches it and runs up uh, 10 yards from your five so as like you're so it's not converted you're at the 15 the other team gets the ball at the 15. if there's a bomb that goes all the way uh, into the end zone and you intercept it as the defending team and take it out to the five well now you start your drive at your own five so in that in that in that case, it's better to just bat the ball away because you're going to be starting at the at the uh, opponent's five-yard line instead. So all these rules, all these wrinkles around it really force a team to use it at the very end of a game, but also be very careful with your timeouts. So uh, we, we find it it, it balances uh, a, an element of strategy, but also using it only really at the end of the game instead of, you know, end of a first half and, and whatnot.
2: So if you use... If it uses one timeout yeah. for the t- the onside kick, yeah. that means you only have one timeout left in the game.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, experiencing just
1: a small. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every week I tell you to not park in that spot, and every week you continue to park <laughs> in that spot. <laughs> but you you said left or right, so I was as
0: on I was, that side. As the as two I spots saying. on the side, no, but, th- a, but, but that guy took up both spots. There was no parking. And you can't the park there. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. So yes, you were asking lori about the onside kick. Yeah. So yeah. it burns one timeout. It does burn. So that
2: means you have only one other timeout in the game. Yes. Since there's only if, two timeouts. If, y- if you
0: had both. If you still had both yeah. and you go for the onside kick... Yeah, it burns one. It burns one, so you still have one. Okay. If you only have one of the two, you can still call the onside kick, but
1: now you ha- you're left with zero.
2: Okay, and if you have... If you burn the two of them, you can't have an You're onside screwed. kick.
1: Yeah, okay. you you don't okay. have the option to go for the which, which by the way takes away the strategy of trying to use your timeouts to the first half sure. and everything to yeah. try and like get extra plays in type of situation. While well, now you don't have the onside option available to you later exactly. on in the game.
0: Well, yeah, you can still do the division one thing of
1: taking your timeouts in the uh, at the end of the w- first. W- half. But that's it. now there's more of an, a game management aspect, yes. right? Like we've always talked about, like you know the better teams know how to control the clock, and that was one way to do it. Well, now there's another angle to it of well, if you want to get those plays in to get the extra score, well, potentially later on in the game, when you're down and you need that extra score, that option isn't available to you, vice versa. Maybe there isn't enough place to score without it, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of like new strategy elements yeah. that go into which is nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, this one's interesting, and uh, I don't know what the right adjective is, but maybe a lot of players are going to be relieved about this one, but pockets and jewelry. Shorts with pockets, jewelry... So it's no longer 10 plays off. Uh, It's no longer a 10-yard penalty. Instead, it's a
1: 5-yard penalty. Also, the infringing player needs to remove themselves from the field to remedy the situation before they are able to return. The play clock is still running, though. So if the referee sees you have shorts with pockets, they'll throw the flag. They'll apply the penalty, as we're going to discuss in just a second. Yeah. You have to get off the field. If you can change your shorts or take off your chain or whatever it is and get back on the field before the play clock expires on the next play, then great. If not, then you miss that play, right? Yeah. Either you're five on that, that play, someone else has to come in to f- sub for you, etc. That's part of it now, essentially. So you can get yeah. back on once you fix whatever's going on, but then that's it. Yeah, You're out for that play, maybe.
0: But then, most importantly, that five-yard penalty does not get enforced on the the subsequent play. It gets enforced on the subsequent drive. So that ability of, uh, oh, I saw he has a chain. I'm going to hold on to that information when it's third or fourth down, and I'm going to go to the ref when it's third or fourth down and tell them, hey, that player, number eight, is wearing a chain, so, oh well, okay. I have to call a him off the field type of thing, right? Get the best
1: player off or whatever it is. Yeah. Or it, in some team's case, get the snapper off the field, <coughs> or quarterback, or whatever, whatever, whatever the situation scenario is.
0: It no longer affects the very next play, but it affects the very next drive. Okay. So that that's that's an interesting. And one.
1: and basically the logic behind this was players were kind of holding on to the knowledge of a penalty for the opportune situation where ultimately safety. this is a safety situation, yeah. right? We want to ensure that players are not essentially gambling their safety, albeit, you know, rare as it is, but essentially that, right? You're saying, "Well, I'm willing to potentially get hurt to yeah. keep, to have the advantage of applying this when I choose." So instead, we're saying, "Well, the drive that your uh, team is on right now, like with the opposing team, it's not affected now it's going to affect the next one in time, so you're st- always advantage it's always in your advantage to call it immediately because it won't apply now and it'll apply to the uh, next drive yeah
0: exactly that Thoughts? Makes
2: sense. it makes sense yeah yeah yeah. Uh,
0: yeah uh this one's uh interesting too.
1: The big cones on the sideline are here to stay. What we're not going to go back to the bean bags uh this has been confirmed as a thing that. As much as players liked the beanbags, it does slow down the game. Now, there have been some concerns that, well, you know, maybe some hustle and uh, the rigor of some of the referees is a little bit slow. That goes back to mechanics, so we're working on that. For the most part, it's pretty good, though, let's be real. It's fine. Um, There's a little bit of confusion at one point because there were small cones being used. We're trying to remedy that as well by offering more big cones for uh, moving the bags and making sure they're always visible. There's been a few things about colors of them to make sure they're standardized. We're also looking at potentially using larger markers in general on the sidelines, more like, I'm not going to call it NFL style, but like pylon style type of things where you can see where they are. So there's a few things we're exploring, but ultimately we decided if we can keep the cones on the sidelines, it does speed up the ability to place the down bags. It does make it a little bit of less, I guess, things to trip on in the middle of the field. Um we gotta work a little bit more in terms of placing the center of the field on some of the um the locations we rent. But those are all things that you know we're gonna build process and uh, techniques for and not actually have to revert back to the whole beanbags and shuffle them around and the whole thing. So yep. Yeah. yeah. Any other major changes? Those were the big ones that the little I little things. Uh I think we talked about it already this season. We kinda did like an emergency rule change, but it's permanent now. Uh for co ed, it's not a ma a minimum of two women. It's a maximum of four men is the way we've changed the ruling on that. So you can play as five with one woman if you want. A uh, few things in junior we're changing. Not applicable to here. No, you can't play with five guys and one woman. Four one. That's what I said. Yes.
0: Oh, four one. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. because uh, I can't hear you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think those are the big ones. There's a few little like minor changes in terms of the way th- certain things are applied, but more technicalities more than anything else. Like, there was one thing for, like, having to check your flag belt after every touchdown, oh. which kind of seems useless now because yeah. it's— It's not you a can't tie anymore. it, right? Like, yeah. unless there's, like, a real reason for it, so we're changing, like, the tamper stuff. Anyway, a few little things here and there, but those are the big ones, essentially. Onside kick here to stay, Pockets and jewelry being different, Big Cones are here, and probably one I'm forgetting about, but again, yeah. nothing. We were there for, like, five hours, man. Like, it's a long night.
0: Oh, yeah, that was long. You posted a few videos. Uh, yeah, that's—yeah. When we left at midnight.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We started at seven. That's why it was literally five hours. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, that was, that was long. Um, All right. Uh, I'll do the Mo thing. The Mo thing is uh, it's that time of the year. We're in week seven, I think of the, uh, of the schedule. I think we're aligned with, or are we in week six? I don't know. The, yes. the schedule has, six. yes, the no. schedule has gone a little uh, whack with, in terms of the start date, end dates, but uh, I well, this is episode seven of Calling the Audible, so should be week seven. But I think we've regressed one week now, week six. I don't know. We were on par with the NFL. Now maybe we're a week back. Um, but all to say that this is the time of the year where you should probably look at the players who have uh, one or two games uh, played and look at the number of remaining games that you have on your schedule and make sure that they show up to those games uh, because otherwise they won't be playoff eligible. Again, the magic number is half the season. Season eight games. Playoff eligibility is four.
3: Yep. Nothing
0: yep. else to say. That's yep. it. Uh, all right. Let's get the, the show started here with uh, something that we've been doing now more and more every week uh, as we, uh, we've been doing in the Fall Cup is the team of uh the week. Uh so Laurie, fir- first off of here, first thing. Yes. Uh what stands out to you? Which which uh which stat line here is the uh, the most impressive for you?
2: Uh for me would be
0: What are you going with? you going with the QB, no pick, six touchdowns. You're going with the receiver with four touchdowns in either Max Bureau or Laurence Pombrian. You're going with the three INTs from Will or are you going with uh with the two INT, one uh, one of them being a pick six from uh, Fritz Jarrell Senatus. Yeah, like I'll go with
2: board. the last defense. Yeah? It's pretty impressive. You like the... What yeah, is well, what they're d- all impressive. Yeah. But the one that stands out to me the most is uh, the last one. The
0: pick six or...
2: No, all well the... Yes, I know.
0: Yeah, but because of the pick six or... Yeah, Or it just stats six, across the, the board just
2: or... Stats across the board. He has everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about go, you yeah i'm i'm a i'm an offensive kind of guy i like uh i like both receivers actually i like i like how laurence is becoming one of the the leaders in the women's yes. uh division as we'll we'll get to in a little bit for lebrut uh and max Bure, of course is coming in as a sub or maybe as a full timer we never know with friends without danny they're always needing guys um of course he he steps into tier two uh friends without danny and uh doesn't skip a beat at all gets uh over 130 yards four touchdowns on uh, on seven receptions that's pretty impressive it so is. i i like that eagle anything for you uh
1: You're i like this graphic i'd like to have more of these graphics uh, just because It's hard to go through every single team in every single division and say, like, oh, this quarterback was better than that quarterback in a week. Like, we know if we go into Tier 1 on any given Sunday, someone's putting up 250 yards and 60 Ds, and we don't consider that as impressive as Mitch Bergamob doing it in Tier 3 type of situation, right? So, very different way of looking at the comparing across the different tiers. Um, That being said, this does have kind of a nice distribution, which is kind of cool. So, I like that. Yeah. But more of these is kind of my ask.
0: Yeah, are we? Uh, usually, we go through. Maybe this is an off uh, off the air question and behind the scenes kind of thing. But uh, are we switching it up? Uh, the lime green uh, ESPN '80s uh, theme for uh, for FPF, or it's uh,
1: stay tuned. Not for your twenty two, but twenty three TBD. Yeah. Uh-huh. Usually, That's we change color scheme every year. So yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: I like I like this one. What I did like, you? Like Laura, what, yeah, what were your thoughts on the uh, like overall the the, 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 background the and the graphics? Yeah, like the theme we went with. I for this like
2: year. it. It's I like it more dark, compared to the light, like flashy lime green. You do no, yeah. But no, okay. it, it it it's a style. Yeah. yeah. But I prefer because it it stands out more. Okay. Like the writing and everything. So yeah. What do you
1: like better, the lime green or that green? <laughs>
2: Uh, the lime green <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, there you go okay. which by the way thanks for ruining our backgrounds with your green camo both of us so yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Bo- planned both of us wearing <laughs> green yeah we
0: forgot uh, all right we're gonna start uh, with the women's uh, division uh, Lori, we had a, yes. a battle of uh, of the top tier in women's tier yeah. uh, we had Brut versus Vortex round number two yes and uh, in the first matchup, of course, Vortex came away with a victory. Yep. And this time around, we had Brut uh, coming away with a thirty-three to thirteen victory. Yes. Uh, w- tell me, what are your th- what were your thoughts on this game? Where you you were there? If I'm not mistaken,
2: I wasn't there. You were not there. No, I wasn't no, okay. there. But I we do have footage though. Yes. Yeah. From yeah.
0: Uh, of course, as it was presented on Game of the Week by yes. by uh, Chris Rive. so he was able to get the the heart, the essence, the the pulse of uh, of that game. Uh what were your thoughts in general?
2: No, I was surprised cuz both yeah. of the teams they're like they're they're similar in certain ways. Yeah. So the fact that Vortex won one and then Brut won the other, yeah. it's like a a 1v1 one one right now. So we I don't know what to expect in the finals or whatever throughout later on. Yeah. But um, no, i was very impressed by how they managed to pull it off.
0: Well, You know, speaking of, because that would be, it would be a playoff matchup the next time if if they do meet in round number three. And of course, it looks like uh, the two, they're on a collision course to meet in the final. Yes. Uh, Given that. Le Brut, won this game? Yes. Does that give them a psychological advantage going into the playoff game? Is Vortex, you know, Vortex has been scoring at will. They've been scoring 30, 40, 50 points. Yes. And and for them to only put up 13 in this one, uh, does that lower their confidence? Who's more confident going into a potential playoff game?
2: I Honestly, I don't think they're less confident. Uh, the Vortex teams because yeah. I've seen them play I've seen them like how they talk amongst themselves and everything yeah. I think there's j- they're just as confident as, as they were before even if they lost against Brut mm-hmm. I think they're as confident and they're going to go into playoffs and finals uh, with their heads up so yeah. but uh, it does give Le Brut maybe a, uh, a confidence boost because they yeah. did lose to them in the first round right but yeah, that would be my opinion. Yeah, th-
0: and you know, like looking through the highlights, and uh, I, I of course saw this earlier, and just seeing it again, there were some impressive catches here. Absolutely. Um, of course, uh, sometimes the receivers they were like outstretching, trying to make really nice grabs, yeah. without well, that ended up getting dropped. Yeah. Um. So maybe the cleaning up some of those drops. Oh, for uh, sure. Get brings Vortex back in, in into a playoff game. Yes. Um. But yeah, look. Uh. It was it was a close game at halftime. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 14 to 13 uh, lead for Lebrut that eventually Vortex just couldn't score. Yeah. Uh, and as we see there, uh, uh, Maud Lacasse really likes that deep ball, t- especially to Laurence Pombrian. Always, That's something that Vortex is going to really need to defend the next time yes, these two play. Yes, they
2: need to adjust to it or else she's all- if she's always open, Maud Lacasse is always going to throw to her.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's a big target. And, and my thing with uh, Laurence Pombrien, she can run any route. And get open on it. Yes. It could be a 10-yard a, a hook, the sideline go, a post cutting into the middle, a 7-yard in. Uh, she's she's just a, a matchup nightmare she, for the entire division. She
2: knows how to read her defense, yes. the person that's in front of her, and she knows how to out, either outrun her. Or just get open in general. Yeah, So that's exactly. why most of the time she's open.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think uh, Vortex will have to really key on Laurence Pombriant yes. as uh, as the main focus for their defensive side. 100%. Yeah. Um, so speaking of uh, Laurence Pombrian, uh there's actually, if we look at the standings, uh, or the team stats, sorry, of uh, the women's division, and we look at the receivers, uh, we'll notice that the top four receivers actually belong to both Le Brut and Vortex here. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, is that really a surprise, though? It's not. Not really. So, uh, but what's interesting is that the one and four are from, the f- uh, from uh, Brut. Whereas the two and the three are from Vortex. So easy question here is which duo, which wide receiver duo, uh, Lodi, would you rather have on your team in a playoff game, uh, leading your offense? Would you rather have the Laurence Pombrian and uh Rebecca sorry it's, it's small here I should have uh, put it on my screen but uh they carry Corbe of Brut thank you <laughs> uh, or Catherine Girard and Obu Menon of uh, of Vortex which duo would you go with in a playoff game
2: I would prefer the Brut the Pombriane uh, Chevrier
0: yeah yeah what, what what is it? So we spoke about uh, Laurence, of course. Yes. Uh, what about uh, uh, Chevrier? Um Do you particularly uh, like uh, as a as a second option on the receiver? No, side? she's
2: really good. She, she uh, as the same thing as uh, Laurence Poirier. She knows how to get open. She knows how to do her routes. Read the defense well. So it is an I like that duo. That was yeah. My option.
0: But and, and and one of the things too that both receivers do really well is yes. they box out their receivers exactly very well. Uh. So. You know, uh, quick outs, uh, especially for the extra point conversions. Yeah, fast. I, I find that, yeah, exactly, that the, those two are the one and two option for yeah. uh, Mon La I would actually go with uh, with the two of Vortex, uh, Virginie uh, menard and Catherine Girard. I find uh, their speed, uh, the way they attack downfield, is is uh, a matchup problem for most, against most teams. Yeah. Uh, they they couldn't necessarily show it, put it on full display against Le Brut. Um, I think th- one of the ways their offense moves is that they need to just drive a bit of the field. So some of those drops that we saw, yeah. if they actually convert and, and, and you know move up the field seven to ten yards at a time, that opens up that speed and that deep ball uh, for, for Vortex and You're for right. defenses to needing to respect that. So once you start getting in defenses ahead of well, we don't know if they're going short, we don't know if they're going deep. That makes uh, the Vortex offense dangerous and it's led by those two.
2: I agree with that. Yes.
0: Uh Lori. Yes. Now, well, let's move more to the defensive side uh of the ball. Uh so we'll stick here in the uh in the stats. Um but of the four uh INT leaders, uh we've got um actually f- uh, two of them coming from uh, Red Nation. But Um, Stephanie Baudry-Zanardi of Brut, now leading the division with nine. Of course, we're all familiar now with the name Rachel Valliard of Red Nation. Uh, But there's Catherine Girard, we we just spoke about offensively, but defensively uh, leading the way with tackles at 19 and with the the five INTs. And we have, of course, Geraldine Cabillo-Abante-Gigi of of Red Nation uh, with four uh, interceptions. So of those four, uh, or sorry even 5 uh virginio again the, the 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 duo of uh receivers also find themselves in the top 5 yeah. uh, ints which two are you picking uh to cover the deep ball in your uh in your defense
2: quick question before i answer that yeah uh the person the woman that we were talking about a few weeks ago that had most of the interceptions in one game is it the first
0: uh, was I don't know if that was about Rachel Valliere
2: No, I know it's not Rachel Vallier. It wasn't But because is it the first Is it uh, Stéphanie? It might yeah, be Most of the interceptions in one game against one team
0: It might be So I'm looking up in her stats now oh, okay. she, yeah, she had five okay, interceptions so, okay. against Louvre Dunant
2: So with that information yes. I go with Rachel Vallier and Catherine Girard Okay Because Well, just in general Rachel Vallier. Yeah. She's right place, right time. We I saw one of her highlights, a one-hand yeah, catch. Yeah, uh, Yeah, with the interception. Bob uh, it,
0: maybe a little bit, yeah, you know, as yeah. as she was going but back upfield. But, it. but it, she got it. But she got it, was, it, yeah. it was
2: amazing. So, yes, I would go with uh, Rachel Vallard and Catherine Girard. Right time, right place. They know how to catch it. Because like, most of the defensive players, yeah. either women or men or co-ed, whatever, yeah. they have the mentality when they're on defense to bat it down. Yeah. But them, every time the ball comes towards them, they try to catch it. And yeah. I've played against Rachel Valliat. She was on me last season. Yeah. And she tried to catch it. She, yeah, she tried to catch yeah. it every single time. So yes, that would be my duel, my top two.
0: Yeah, I'll go with, uh, I'll, I'll go with number one, Rachel Vallier. Uh, yeah. I find it's, uh, whether it's deep or short, of course, we, We've spoken about it. I particularly like the way she defends the short zones. Yes. She really rips in and jumps routes and undercuts routes. I I, 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 I don't know if I sp- said it here on calling the audible, but the one it wasn't even a FPF um, regular season game or playoff game. Yeah. It was the all star game.
2: Oh, yes. I she, heard about that. I've,
0: I've never. Oh, so. I find it extremely hard to pick off Stephen Prasad. and she did it, and, and she completely undercut a slant coming in, and 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 picked them off, and and returned it to the house yes, for a pick six. A pick six. <laughs> I I was just astonished. I'm like, okay, I knew she was good. I saw her play in the finals. I saw a couple yeah. of her games. I knew she was good. That, but changed, to see it in person, like to in, see it yeah. person live, like in coverage, seeing the way she defended it and read it, and and just. He was shocked. Steve was shocked. He couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Like I'm like, oh, she's that and good. And she
2: got the speed also, so yeah. she ran it back. She's to dangerous. The end zone. Yeah. She
0: so, is. so I'm going with Rachel Vallier, yes. and then I'll go with her uh, with her teammate Gigi, uh, Gigi. just because they know the way they they have chemistry playing together on defense. I agree. So if I'm choosing two two players uh that i want you know communicating well on my defensive end uh playing the deep ball and whether it's deep or short they just know where they're going to be more or less yeah uh i'm, I'm going uh, with with those two
2: options no, for sure f- having a duo that has chemistry together for sure it's yeah. the best option that you could get
0: yeah all right we'll move on to uh to co-ed uh lori yes um Lonnie, you're familiar with Easy Fun. they' yes. uh, some of your some of your go to friends there. In yes, the, I played with them last season.
2: You did. You yes. did
0: play with them uh, last season. They're still undefeated. I know. Uh, yeah. Of course, Fast Not Furious still undefeated as well. They've got zero losses on uh, on their record. No
2: one tie though. That's the only difference. They do
0: have a tie, but yeah. they they can still say they're undefeated. Yes, they they I haven't I lost indeed, a game. Indeed, indeed. Um, now these two teams do play each other uh, in each other's final game of the season. Okay. Uh so it looks like they're on a collision course to have uh that's where we're gonna decide the last uh team with uh with zero losses. We're gonna yeah. find out who that is. Uh but if the teams were to meet today, yeah. Who are you going with and why?
2: It's really hard for me to choose because there's some Pros and cons of both teams. Okay, so let's break it down. Yeah, so okay, let's just start with Fast Not Furious. I've talked about it on my article. The girls on defense for Fast Not Furious, when they defend in the zone, they drop back more than they're supposed to. Right. Like I've talked to the the team and they've they've said that also. Like the girls are dropping back more than they should in zone, and that gives the offense, well, their offensive opponents, to do short. Catch the short balls and Quite just run easily. up. Exactly. Yeah. So, but however, their offense, yeah. like uh, they have Marvin, the QB, um, Miles. Miles, Miles Gibbon. Yeah. yeah, he throws bullets. He knows where his uh, g- receivers are gonna be. So, offensively, they're really good. Mm-hmm. Defensively, that would be like m- maybe their struggle. Uh, easy fun. B- I mean, both offensively and defensively, they're good. I haven't actually seen them play, but I know they they yeah they have a couple more well different players this season, yeah, th- talking about the girls, and their QB is different yeah, it's Nico yeah, Nico Ble. taking the reins exactly how do you how do
0: you feel about that how do you like that uh taking jeremy White away? From the quarterback position, but putting him into a wide receiver position, which is also
3: dangerous.
2: It is very dangerous. No, I like it. I've seen how Nico plays, and he's very confident. He knows how to throw the ball. He knows how to read it. So I'm not. I'm not worried about it. About it. And Jeremy White being on offense is amazing also uh, at receiver it, it, well, yeah it, receiver yeah. he knows how to get open he catches the ball so you know. and then
0: yeah once you get the ball in his hands
1: he's one oh, of the most
0: slippery yes. players i try to emulate <laughs> his uh his dip move it so it
1: doesn't come looking out as pretty it doesn't work as often uh yes just by looking at this picture, I can tell this team lacks chemistry. Notice all the men are in on the uh, symbol for the team and the women are not. Ah, no, no, that's oh. not true. Uh, the girl in oh, the middle. Oh, there's only one. You're right. You're right. The girl you're right. in the middle is
0: yeah, uh, yeah. on point. But I everyone but else got to w- stuff up your
1: game.
2: But that's the thing. The girl in the middle, she was there last she season. She was there last the season. The two others weren't. Yes. Uh, yeah. Celia
0: Lamar, I believe, is one with, who played with strangers, I believe. Am I, am I wrong on that?
2: Not with me last season.
0: I, oh, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Winter. It was the winter season. Yeah, I wasn't yes, there yes, winter. yes, yes. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, so, who are you giving the edge to if they were to play today? I it sounds like, it it soo- from your quick analysis, sounds like you'd favor easy fun.
2: I was about to say that, yeah. Easy fun. Just because uh, Fast and Furious' defense is maybe a struggling a bit more than easy fun. So, I would go with easy fun.
0: You don't think that uh Marielou Noël could do some damage as a rusher uh and and stopping for sure some of that easy fun offense
2: yes yeah, she could well she's gonna rush Nico Bla, yeah, for sure she's gonna put pressure on Nico. Right. I don't know how he works under pressure right, but I'm sure he could figure it out, I'm sure he'll be fine, yeah yeah now that,
0: that 'cause 'cause it's not jeremy white 'cause no it you, isn't. put put jer put any rusher against jeremy White and it it doesn't really uh, bother him yeah no, he, he he can he's gonna he's either gonna move, release it uh, yeah. yeah, he's either gonna <laughs> release it immediately, uh whether it's <laughs> downfield or short, or he can just shake any rusher exactly. <laughs> whether it's isaiah lard or to uh, give him uh, more time to throw, so yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, it could cause problems, but you still have faith in uh in, easy fun, yeah. in Nico Blay and Easy Fun. Yeah. What about you? Um uh, yeah, it is it, it's a very close matchup. There's a reason there's a reason why these two teams haven't uh, haven't suffered a loss yet. Yeah. Um I might have to go with Fast Not Furious. So like you like you said, uh the team is you know, uh, communicating to their players uh, on defense that, you know, you're backing up a little too much. It, take, if you want to start at five yards and then take a step up, go ahead and do that. So um, yeah, let's, I do want to see them play a couple more times. I want to see if they're putting that communication and that, that transfer of information to, to, to use and to actual applying it on the field. Um, but I just find that the fast, not furious offense is, is quick strike it's uh, it's more a little more dynamic uh, than what Easy Funds is without Jeremy Wade at the quarterback yeah, position. Yeah, you're right. So I think they, like, the way they would have to win a game, uh, would be a forty, uh, forty-three to forty type of game.
2: So like a close game.
0: A close game, but yeah. uh, what I mean is like an offensive showdown. Yeah,
2: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. We'll see in the last uh, Yeah, but
0: we'll like we'll, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a, a heavyweight title uh, yeah. that uh, that all of Coed's going to have uh, their eyes on.
3: Oh, for sure. Uh
0: so again, um let's move on to uh bench warmers and Le Petits fucks. These two teams are uh, are on a are playing this week. Uh, and my question for you, Laurie, Gab Wiseman of the bench warmers, this quarterback, yes. uh, can he put up enough points uh, as we know that Le Fuck are, are on off when when uh, Dom Lafant is there? Of course, he wasn't there last week. They only put up, I believe, six points. Yeah. But when Dom Lafant is there, they're one of the more dangerous teams to put up uh, 35, 40 points. Yeah. Uh, so my question to you, can Gab Weisman put up enough points uh, to compete with Le fuck's offense? And second, can the benchwarmer's defense stop that Dom LeFart offense, limit them to, let's say, 24
1: points? Can I, can I just ask before Laurie answers the question, yeah. where does this narrative come from? Because I'm looking at these games here. Weisman's putting up... Fairly good numbers. I mean, the first two games, okay, fine. I always go with the whole, like, you know, a couple weeks, you're getting used to your team, the chemistry, et cetera. Yeah. Week three, four, five, he's putting up, like, 30-something points every game, and the defense is holding the teams to very few points here. So yeah. w- w- is this just you're expecting Wiseman and the defense to have a bad game on both ends of the ball against LPP? Like, what's the, what's the context there?
0: No, the narrative is that Dom D- Levant's offense usually puts up 35-plus. So, sure, they put up twenty seven but it's against iced out that's a team that they like that they should run up the score and and put as many points up on the board as possible so if you're not if you're only putting up twenty seven against ice out, i'm wondering if that's enough uh against Liitzfu who if you see uh thirty four points forty five points sure twenty one against y and y. Uh, it's a bit of an anomaly, uh, but otherwise, 34 and yes. against six against
1: fit squad, but without Donalafort, but yeah, without
0: right. Dom Lefort. So, uh, so my that's the narrative is that you can see that they're averaging 35 points, right? Whereas bench warmers aren't; they're averaging 27, 26. So, can Gab Wiseman get enough? Get put up 35 points, 40 points to be competitive in that game against
2: Pittsburgh? Yes. Uh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, what I think. Because yeah. I actually talked to one of uh, the players. uh warmers Le- no, petit fuck. Yeah. Alexis F- uh, Ferrat. Yeah. Is that his name. Yeah. yeah. And I I straight up asked him, what's happening this season, and he told me defensively it's yeah. not going as well as they thought. So I think against benchwarmers, even though they, they've put up what. A lot of points against... Uh, no, not a lot of points against Iced out you said. Right, yeah. So, I believe it's going to be an of- offensive game. Yeah. Since Lipsy fuck they're, uh, they're struggling defensively. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think they could... Benchwarmers are able to put up the points. Okay. Enough to win, I don't know. It right. could be a close game, but I'm not sure. And can the defense stop Dom LaFalle's offense...
0: That's I, that to me is the more so. I think Gab Wiseman can put up the points. Yes. He's put up a nice uh, a nice team together yep. in coed in, in terms of even uh, both on the women's side and and the men's side. Um, I I I like their defense too though. Uh, Nick Gomez Rizzo playing the safety in co-ed is very dangerous. Yes, um very. Do they have the speed though to contain Dom LaFont is my question. I oh, so. I don't. Think so either. They're more of the big, bigger body, yes. big tall guys. Uh And if Gomez, if if or Nick is is um, is playing at the safety position, yeah, sometimes on some plays he'll crash down. Yeah. but For the most part, he's making sure that they're not getting beat over the top. Exactly. Which Dom Lefort is able to do. Of yes. Course. Especially at to Alexi Ferran, he's one of his deep threats.
2: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But um, Dom's p- speed is incredible, so I yeah. don't think speed wise, no.
0: Yeah, I I think that's that's so I I do think there's going to be a rather high offensive yeah. scoring game. Uh but I think Lipsfuck come on top. I'm going to go with like a, a 40 to 35 uh kind of game, maybe even uh 40 to 34.
2: But I have a question. You th- do you believe that but Benchwarmers are currently up in the standings and Lipsfuck are are more lower in the standings. Sure. So you be- you still believe Lipsfuck is going to come on top? Yeah, they so they've they be- uh, bench
0: they've played some of the better competition. They've yeah. played against uh Fast and Furious. Yeah. they played against Y and Y who's the top of the division. True. Uh True. they've played the Villains who are also I believe 4 and 1 or maybe even 5 and 1. I they may have had a buy, yeah. so they might still be at 4 and 1. Um whereas Benchwarmers have had a bit of an easier schedule. Yeah. Uh so I mean, they week 1's a bit of a wash for both teams. Uh, <laughs> they can yeah. kiss my end zone. Um <laughs> Uh to be fair, they did play Free Smoke. Uh, but their their th- last three games have been against uh bottom dwellers of the division. Uh, they've played uh Badgers, Lesect, and Iced Out. Okay. So they've gotten um they've played at least recently, um, some lower competition.
2: Exactly. Okay, yeah. perfect.
0: Um so speaking of Badgers, one of those teams that we mentioned, uh Mo was high on, on Badgers. Um
2: He knows them. Well, like he, well, he, he so this is process. this is
1: like a spin-off team from a bunch of people that were with uh, Chris Rive's, uh Stoics last year, right? Oh, you okay. have Thad uh, Garcia Diaz and Omar uh, Chavez. Omar Chavez, Two. exactly. So yeah. they basically said we're going to make our own team yeah. with Badgers and, and we'll
0: try, you know, I'll try throwing, you know. Um, Mo was high on them though. Yes. I th- I feel like I was watching that episode And he was talking about the Badgers and particularly like the game that week that he saw was against Fit Squad. Yeah. And every time he was saying like, I'm high on the Badgers, I'm like, are you sure he's not thinking about... Actually, the other team, and talking about Fit Squad and how impressed he is with Fit Squad. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. He stuck with his narrative, so uh, maybe he was referring to the Badgers. Mo, uh, Mo, I called you Mo. <laughs> uh, you're not Mo, Lori. No. What wh- What's your take on the uh, on the Badgers?
2: On the Badgers, well, from the games that we see on the on their schedule, yeah, yeah. on their schedule, they've played against more of the higher end team. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, lips Fuck, uh, Easy Fun, yeah. uh, Fit Squad, uh, <laughs> and the th-
2: only game they won was against Istyle, which is one of the lower standings. Right. So I mentioned it before. If there were two coeds and they would be like in the second coed, obviously. Yeah. As we can see, uh, I'm sure they would be one of the top tier teams. But right now, I don't. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe they win against Free Smoke. Maybe they no. win against Lasect. La so? sect. Yeah. yes, against Lasect. That's so. Uh,
0: yeah, so uh, n- uh, against Free Smoke, I'm, no. n- I'm not sure they, they 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 can match up
1: athletically. I don't think so. Um, and so like they, one and two, if they're yeah. really lucky, two and one type of situation. But likely one and two, and they finish yeah. the season two and six, right? But they also like. Drew the worst possible straws, yeah, when it comes to the other those exactly. games they lost to, you know, like yeah, no, no, no,
0: they they de- they definitely are playing the higher end competition, yes. uh, and uh, yeah, I like what you're saying. Like if it was split into two, which maybe coed should have been uh, yeah, this, this this year, season. um, but the thing is, fall's usually not as big in numbers
2: for yeah.
1: for coed, uh, so we didn't know that uh, coming in. We're not in. used to it. Uh, yeah, we're. Yes? You know it's a, an observation I noticed from this one over here for Cesar Garcia-Diaz as yeah. quarterback? Ten TDs to seven INTs is not what I would anticipate from a starting quarterback. He's and I mean that because – well, let me, let me finish my thought yeah, here. Yeah, I, I mean that because normally you'll see very few touchdowns and a significant number of interceptions. And so – oh. Right, like That's what you, you
0: mean by starting quarterback, like f- new quarterback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I like, thought you meant like, like, like by, by a starter.
1: <laughs> Either you're okay. seeing a significant number of sacks because they don't understand the timing and the pressure that's actually being in the pocket, or they feel the pressure and they throw to where they think they have windows and are not actually there and everything. So – I can understand the low touchdowns potentially in terms of getting it like there, but I'm a little bit surprised in the lower interception numbers, which leads me from a number narrative to say maybe he's being a little bit too conservative with the ball. Maybe you need to start looking for the, the higher risk plays to try and build on your offense rather than just, and even like checking it down. I mean, it doesn't seem like that's really working if that's the situation. So I don't know. I, I don't really know how to read this. No, well, I, I know what
0: you're saying, and yeah, the, the stats tell a complex story. Exactly, yeah. Because I I was going to say the opposite. I see the 50% completion rate. That's got to go up to 65, and by the only way to do that as a new quarterback is just checking it down. So it, it could be a combination because I, I, I'm not sure of their – Past experience um, in in flag football in general, uh, but it just from the rough number of times I've been playing at the same time as them, it looks like route you know uh, a quick out if it's communicated like that uh, on the on the sideline, they're probably they might be doing a quick out is like a seven yard out. Where in flag, especially where ten yards to a first down, a quick out is like one to two to max three yards. Yeah, not much. So. I think it's more of like communicating, um, perhaps better communicating uh, of of the routes, and and that's not something you do in the huddle with twenty seconds of a play. That's something you take uh, after the game, before the game, and and sit down and and, and maybe analyze. Uh, and and as a receiver, sure, as they're starting out, what's my route? Two yard out, okay. But as you do, like, as you play more games, you got to know what the other receivers are doing as well. Yes. Well, if this guy's uh, running a seven in, a seven in, well, I can't do my out at seven because then I'm just gonna r- run into them. So um, maybe just some offline um, work is is needed on that team.
2: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Um, fit squad. Yes. Uh, the team that I thought Mo was, was talking about them uh, a, a couple of weeks back, they're currently sitting in the fourth seed at four and one. Okay. Uh, they've looked good uh, from all their statistical standpoints. They're looking like one of the forces in co-ed. Now, do they have a shot at taking down teams like we've been talking about? Easy, fun, fast, not furious. Uh, and we'll even throw Y&Y in there as well. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Okay. Well, they wh-
2: are a good team, but yeah. like from the, p- they they've played against some of the top lower t- teams also, and wine wine. And they got LPP y- uh, on the wait. week
1: where uh, yeah, where the wasn't there. It's so. uh, That's true.
2: Easy Fun Wine Wine Fast and Furious are one are the, one the three teams like from the top. Yeah. And I don't think they have a chance as g- at. To win against them, because... You don't
0: think they stand a chance? They won't well, even make no, it close?
2: Yes, a close game, but to win, no. I don't think so, because offensively and defensively, easy fun, wine, wine, fast, and fierce they are good. I've seen them play. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I I think
1: this upcoming Sunday is really going to tell the story in Mm -hmm. terms of whether they're going to be like the gatekeeper for the lower teams or if they can actually play with the big boys. I think Y&Y is going to be their toughest challenge to date. Mm -hmm. And that's really going to give us a better understanding in terms of, you know, are they more of a contender or are they just going to sit somewhere in the middle of the pack and uh, drop a playoff game? Exactly. I've seen them play. They're good.
0: Well, we're not saying they're not good. We're just yeah. saying,
1: like, you, would you, like, roster for roster, where would you rank them in the standings type of thing? <laughs> Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> well, where
0: that's my where point, right? No, but I think they, they stand a chance against Easy Fun. You think? Again, we we spoke about her in the women's section. Yes. Laurence Pombrian True, she's on is, team. is the best woman player in in ed right now, yeah. she's she's completely she's dominant in especially in the red zone. I'm telling you, the way she can box players out, use her body to like really um, open windows for her quarterback is is really impressive. And she's on fit squad, so uh, <laughs> I, I and not just her. There's players like Vincent Batras, uh I believe is his name, uh, um, Alexandra Falcon Corb. They they have. The size, they have the speed element. They have now a quarterback who can really zip it, really yeah. read it, uh, read the defense as well, get the ball in their hands, let the receivers do the work. I find this team very scary. And then, you know, you have uh, fit squad uh, staples like uh, Celestine Chartier, you have uh, Bujeda Sada, these guys, Jared Pita. These guys are uh, Salim Taillet is a, is another one. He hasn't played a game, so he maybe uh, was there to start the year, um, but not play. Uh, but all those players, they ha- so sure, by bringing in a new quarterback, they have to build that chemistry. Yeah. I find that chemistry has been building very well. Yeah. And uh, adding again, Laurence Pombrien, adding um, uh, Vincent Batrache. These are huge additions to the team. That I think they are competitive, and I think they have a chance oh, they to win. Are. But I think they have a chance to win the coed Cup. You think? Yeah, I'll, I'll go out and say that they they have a chance there to be in the finals. Absolutely. That's
2: good. Yeah, that's good <laughs> to know. <laughs> that's
3: good.
1: <laughs> You're the only we'll one.
0: believing will
2: Okay.
3: Yeah,
0: I, I'm, I'm a believer in. No, Fis but they squad.
2: are a good team. Yeah. But it's not the same as last season, right? No, it's, it's not it's the better. same. better. Si, it's a better. I team. agree with that. They are better since last season. Yeah. But. Like Eagle said, we'll see against uh, the matchup uh, against Y&Y. They're like they're true competitors. We'll see where they stand because they've only been playing against a uh, lower tier. All right.
0: All right, Laurie. Yes. We're moving on to tier number one. Uh, and they're in tier number one. Uh, let's look at KGP. Uh, KGP, uh, once again beat Braves for the second time this season. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, it was more than 18 points. It was a 20-point victory, so that game ended early. Laurie, when they're a fully loaded roster, does KGB pose as one of the biggest threats to win all of Tier 1?
2: I don't know who's on the roster, but from what you're explaining to me, they... Yes, I believe they would be a threat.
1: I think the yes. part that's the most surprising uh-huh. about the KGP roster is in the middle of the screen right now. Julien Payment. Yeah. Rusher extraordinaire, receiver extraordinaire. Yeah. Zero games played. Yeah. And trust me, I'm feeling it. He's also on my roster with zero games played. His work schedule has not coincided well with the schedule this season. Mm. And so he has been unable to make any of the games. Yet, KGP is still dominating their opposition, right? Without their all-star rusher, without their all-star receivers. That's so, yeah, it's crazy. that's the part that really impresses me about this squad. Obviously, we knew Phil Cutler was going to be Phil Cutler. Obviously, we know the names. Quasi Gordon-Mall, uh, Khalil Kerr, Jonathan Garfinkel, uh, Matt LaPaz, Gabriel Demico well, Matza, well, Ryan Kahlil Garber, Khalil Kerr Brandy
0: is Parham, a, new e- like, Kerr's a new addition to the team in recent right, right, right.
1: iterations. But, like, these are all, like, household names type right. of thing, right? Like this is a kgp squad with yep. a few little tweaks here and there yep. but clearly they found a system that works for their style that is causing their opponents a lot of headaches along the way like if you if you look at the games that they've actually played they dropped uh, a game to blessed a tight game they dropped a game to kangaroos who we obviously know play a very different style yep. very very offensive very ball heavy type uh, like airball type of style um, and they dropped a the game to EZW, which is very hard to defend against. But I'll oh, run it once as well. But, like, these games are competitive and everything, and they're beating opponents they should, shouldn't, should on paper, be beating when we really think about it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the part which is impressing me about this roster.
0: I, yeah, I'm just not sure they're, I, <laughs> I'm they're, I'm they're going to do that, that piece.
1: Something. I, know, I know what you're saying. They're missing that something. <laughs> like, you look at it, and you're like, but how is that? That game was so close, right? Like That should not have happened there type of thing. So that's the part that really makes me, I guess, hopeful for this roster in terms of if not this year, they're at least kind of setting themselves up for we know they are Division One, Division A uh, capable. Obviously, I mean, they've won championships yeah. for like what, oh, four yeah. seasons straight type of thing yeah. right now. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. know they're a good team. It's just more they can play with the big boys, and that's what I'm happy about.
0: Yeah, oh, uh, I, I, I love that. I, like, the two losses that Braves have are both the KGP. Like, and you're you're beating Joe Meyer by twenty points. Like, that's that's not easy to do. Like, that that's that's def- giving them definite props. But I think they are matchup dependent. I think you alluded to that going through roughly through their schedule. Uh, that game against Kangaroos. I think that that type of game against EZW. Those are matchup. Problems more so the the Kangaroos roster and their and Dan Lazara's style of, uh, of 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 offense, I think that gives them trouble. So uh, right now they sit at three and four uh, and are a double elimination team. I think if they can somehow play Kangaroos earlier in the playoff round so that if they get bounced into the single elimination bracket, and then they would have to hope for Kangaroos to lose to Braves, and then potentially meet Braves in the final, that might be their their path uh, to winning Tier 1. I don't know if that made a sense. Uh, It's a little complicated to follow because of the double elimination, single elimination. But what I'm trying to say is, if they do meet uh, the Kangaroos, early in the double elimination bracket lose to them but then end up meeting Braves in the final bracket then in the finals chance, so. I think they have a better chance to win it in, in that way that it's it's a which makes the fall cup interesting
3: yeah, it's this a year strategic. in that way
1: yeah, yeah. this might yeah. be a hot take from my perspective if the season finished with the standings as is right now yeah. I think KGP has the best matchup of the 3 like finishing, If against they finish Bless. second or third, if they, if they have to play between Blessed, Kangaroos, oh, yes, and Braves, okay. yeah. as much as Blessed is sitting in that one spot, I think KGP, that's the best matchup that they have. As much as they've beaten the Braves twice, right. I think game number three is not going to go well. Right. But I can see them taking it to Blessed and having a ball go in a different direction that time around and, and getting that edge. They played once. I I would want to uh, do they play again one more time? Let's cool. just uh,
0: blessed. No, they have one game left on their schedule. It's just a, against STL. That that blessed defense, uh, one hundred and seventy three points against. Uh, whereas the KGP defense has allowed two hundred and seventy four. I'm granted one I, game at hand. I I know what you mean, but
1: maybe you're th- throwing blessed under the bus there. I don't know. Maybe a little bit, but I don't know. I just I know what you mean though. I uh, think I think kangaroos are a bad matchup. I think yeah. Braves, clearly it's worked, but like I said, three times is really, it's, it's really hard to do. And right. so I would take my chances against Blessed, knowing their system, knowing how they play, and just trying to outmanage them in that situation. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking
0: of blessed, they have uh, one of the top receivers in uh, or oh, sorry, speaking of kangaroos. my, I'm sorry. I'm leading you the wrong way. He plays on a lot of I'm about to name a player. He plays with Steve on another team. Um, Phil Fada of uh, kangaroos. Um, Laurie, would you yes. take him uh, as a number one receiver? Or would you rather have someone like Rocco Cristiano? So as we look at his stats here with uh, Kangaroos, Phil Farah has put up 24 uh, receptions, 330 yards. Uh, the nine uh, touchdowns are impressive so far yes. in in just five games. Um, or uh, we have Rocco Cristiano of uh, now playing with STL, I believe. Um, let me just pull that up. Rocco. Yeah, he's uh, playing with STL. Uh, Rocco has uh, has joined the team. Uh, in seven games, he has 28 receptions, 349 yards, and 13 TDs. Again, in in uh, two more games than Filfara. Between those two players, who's your uh, who's your number one receiver?
2: I will go with Filfara. Uh, I've seen him play, offensively, defensively. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yes, he knows what he's doing. He's always at the right spot. And, yes, nine TDs is incredible. It's amazing to see. So that would be my top one receiver.
0: And, um, and what is it about his skill set? if it's speed if it's size if it's his jumping ability it's his hands cuz he doesn't drop balls what what what's which which what are the skill sets stands out to you
2: like you mentioned speed and hands he yeah. he has the speed to run his routes or defensively go up to the ball yeah. and like you say, he never he mostly never drops them like he catches them he tucks the ball in and he runs for it
0: yeah i'd have to s- i'd have to agree with you here i'll go Phil Farin as well um, I would give the advantage to Rocco Cusiano, and it's it's a small one because Phil Fanin is just as shifty. Uh, when he has already the ball in his hands um Morocco's cr- dancing kind of ability yeah, the is movement. yeah the, the hit move is 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 re- he's he's slippery he's really? like I- if you had like vaseline yeah. like rubbed all over his flags and all over him and, you and you're just it. like you're like even even Phil fat yesterday tried to deflag him and, and couldn't really so like even he him too was like oh like trying all his best to do it but okay. I, I I do have to agree with you I think high pointing a ball um look Rocco is a great receiver has great hands as yes. well but there's just there's some sticky hand nature with with Phil Faran, the ball yeah. one one-handed grabs tiptoe has great body control the speed the size he's
1: just a f- like an FPF lab receiver. Exactly. I always love this question. Let's say we were in, we're going to November 1st, right? The trade deadline in the NFL. Let's say that was going to apply to FPF for okay. a second. <laughs> yeah. And we announce a blockbuster trade. STL trades Rocco Cristiano, the Kangaroos for Phil Farah in return. Oh, yeah, Which team gets better? Which team gets worse?
3: Yeah.
0: This one's, yeah. It's S- STL gets better? W- yeah.
2: With Phil?
0: Yes, so what I'm trying to say and I'm thinking uh, at a million miles an hour <laughs> pace is that Phil Farah becomes like almost Theo J is there. So maybe maybe not the best player, but it's like instantly the number two player on the team. Okay. Whereas Kangaroos are so filled with talent that They're Rocco strong. Cristiano just hides in as like the fifth or sixth best receiver on the team. Like, yeah. It's just the way the teams have been built and constructed that the, the the question now being asked is which team gets instantly better. It's 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 STL, but it's not Rocco Cristiano's fault. He like. If you're asking it in tier three or
1: tier two, I mean yeah, you're you- literally going up against AJ Gomes, so- <laughs> Sean and Rory yeah, submerging and everything. Yeah, because Rizzo, yeah, Marcant Lapoyne, James the LXC. Yeah, so like
0: we're being unfair to the guy, but yeah, Phil Fadam instantly makes <laughs> SDL like a lot more yeah. a lot more dangerous. But that's just more of a uh a, a product I, of the situation, y- right? Like, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. Um Hashtag NR Lodi. Yes. Um They've had their struggles, let's say uh sitting at one and three yes. uh in just four games played, they've played the least number of games in uh in tier one, yeah, um, but do you think then, uh looking at the rest of their schedule here, they got blessed, run at once, kangaroos and easy w, do you think they can run the table so win all of those games? Remember they're down fourteen, nothing against kangaroos, yeah, they are, yep. Okay. But do you think they can run the table and sneak in, move out of the yellow page in the standings and move up into the green page? Uh, so 4-0 and o would put them at 5-3. and three, But yes, again, they are losing that Kangaroos game 14-0. to zero. Uh, But Adam Sinagra will be coming in uh, to play that game at quarterback instead of Frank Teoli Coletro. So... Do you think they can do it? Can they win all four games? Can they move up into the fourth seed, uh, or y- maybe even the third seed here in uh, in Tier One?
2: I really don't know. I would s- I would go more towards no. I don't think they could win all of them. Right, because they are running once. Kangaroos uh, and EZW are teams that are really good. So sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, they also have Blessed coming up next. Like, yeah, exactly. the number one spot.
2: I don't think they're going to win against that one.
1: So okay, here here, so I have they, a better question then. Go ahead. Over under 1.5 wins. I'll I'll go over. I'll go over
0: that. I think they can uh finish this either 3 and 1 or with the split at 2 and 2. So so even at best at 3 and 1, that puts them at 4 and 3 with 8 points uh and KGP is at six right now with one game remaining against STL. So if KGP wins that game, uh, I believe the if they have played, which they should have uh, and they did because I was there for that game. uh, KGP has the tiebreaker over them. So even at best going three and one. And if KGP wins their next game against SCL, that already does it for them. They will be a single elimination team. Um, so that's my answer. I think at best they go 3-1, and one, and that's not enough. They really need all four. That's an incredibly difficult exactly, thing to
2: do. Exactly, and I don't think they're going to win all four, so yeah. I agree with you.
0: As good as Adam Sinagra is, there's just the defenses yes. that he's going up against. They're not the Tier 2 defenses that uh, he's facing with blackouts. Exactly. Eagle, yeah? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna move on to tier three, Lottie. Yes. And in tier three, uh, we have uh, the Bruins atop of the standings here at six and zero, oh, and they've shown they've shown that they can win games in a variety of ways, multitude of ways. Uh, they can win via f- forfeit. Uh, they can win <laughs> uh, in a shootout they can uh, like they did uh they can yeah. w- defensively shut you down like they did against Killer Rays. Uh so this team knows how to win and win in any type of game situation. So what's the more likely or the best strategy that teams have to utilize to beat the Bruins? Do they does it have to be an offensive team that can put up the points and it leads to an offensive shootout kind of game? Is it a defensive team that it uh needs to keep the score real tight uh 21 to 18 or 24 to 21? What's the way to beat the Bruins?
2: I believe it would be defensively. They'll need to be stopped uh, def- the n- okay, Wait, let yes. me rephrase that. Yes. <laughs> they n- in order for other teams to win against Bruins, yes. I think their opponents yeah. defensively have to shut down Bruins. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, it would be like a close game. But, like, it, I'll take, for example, Kiss My In-Laws. They are, or was it Kiss My Outlaws that was we talked about earlier? Uh. Defensively, we talked about it. It was Kiss My Outlaws. No, right? we
0: haven't talked uh Tier 2 yet. So. No, no, okay. So, stay tuned for okay, Tier 2. yeah.
2: Uh, yes. No, I think it would be defensively. So if yeah. you want to beat Bruins, you have to keep it tight because offensively, Bruins, like you mentioned, they're receivers. They know how to get open. They will get the ball and score the points like we've seen against uh, the, other, the other teams. So it would be defensively. You have to shut them down. You have to read their offense, either stay zone, read the ball, just shut them down defensively.
0: Yeah, I... Uh, I'll... I'm I'm gonna and with my own question be kind of on both sides of the ball. So, yeah. first, uh, defensively, I have to slightly disagree with you. I have to say that the key to stopping their offense yes. is by stopping Gab Wiseman. So you need a a very good rusher because he him too he's like Rocco, he's slippery. Yeah. The 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 second he's moving around and even slipping and sliding downfield, he's impossible almost impossible to tackle. It's it's very frustrating.
1: It's also like the fake roll out to one side plant, you know, like then throw the ball it's the pump fake with a little bit of a juke and the whole thing. Like I every time I know what he's going to do every time he (laughs) does it, yet I'm still surprised. Right? Like it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, you know what's coming it's just
0: little variations it's either the pump or the shake or the, it's just I, I think he's the key uh, to stopping uh them offensively uh and I think but in that way I'll agree with you I think you're right if, if a team can get three uh stops yeah uh that's that's huge that that is one of the ways you you will beat them uh but I find their defense is is very strong. And and you do. I feel like you will need thirty five points or more to beat them.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So
0: that's that. And and so essentially, what I'm saying is the yeah. classic P's that you need at least five touchdowns to win a playoff game. Is is because obviously this is a playoff team. I mean, all teams are playoff teams this year, but they're the number one's contender. Is that you need to at least put? I think. Not just thirty, but thirty-five. More, yeah. So, thirty-five and three stops, which yeah. is asking a lot. That's asking for a lot it now is. in 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 tier three uh, against one of the better teams. But that's what you need, uh, and it's it, it will almost take a perfect game yeah. to uh, to beat them.
1: Okay. I interrupt this podcast to yeah, alert you, you. I saw your eyes go. Like the Saints have thrown two pick sixes in the last two minutes of the first half. <laughs> Was Taysom hell? Hill one of them? Yes. No. I think, it, I think he, Andy Dalton was one. I think Taysom Hill was the other. I picked the. I picked him up as a tight, a, tight end. Oh, I he picked he him up
0: as Pansy. a tight end option because I had Dallas Goddard playing, who's on the bye. So I'm like, ah, I'll roll. I'm one in five in my in one of my pools. I'm like, I'll go with Taysom Hill for
1: shits and giggles. That looks like it's backfiring. <laughs> one of them bounced off a receiver's hand. The other was just bad. The bad a, one was probably Taysom Hill. Uh, no, it was Dalton actually. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, so that's uh that's the the way I think you you, you can uh Stop can be bruins.
3: Yeah.
0: and again speaking of bruins 6 and 0 versus kiss my in-laws 4 uh, and 0. Uh this looks like a battle. Well, it looks like it is a battle yeah. of the last two undefeated teams yeah. in tier 3. Uh it's also a battle of uh the top tier rushers in tier 3. You got Zachary Albert's skill with 10 sacks. For Kiss My Inlaws, you've got uh, Gab Wiseman. Of course, the as slippery as he can be on offense, he uh, he doesn't miss flags when he's uh, rushing other opposing quarterbacks. He has eight sacks on the season. Um, how do you see this game going down, Laurie Eagle? We'll start with Laurie.
2: With both rushers on, when they're going to play against? Yeah, just the whole game. Uh, well, Bruins
0: at six and Kiss My Inlaws four and what do you see this as a high-scoring game? Is it this uh, that defensive battle? Uh, wh- who who are you picking without picking? Because we'll pick teams later.
2: No, I'll th- I think it's gonna be a high-scoring game.
0: Why are you putting a blue around
1: me? What are you doing? <laughs> Drawing a little picture. Okay, go.
2: I think it's gonna be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I've seen the receivers from both teams, and no, defensively, both are <laughs> good.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Eagle.
2: But um no, it's gonna be a high scoring. Which you play against next? Mm-hmm. The next game it's mm-hmm. you against Bru- Bruins, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So I think it's gonna be a high scoring game.
1: I hereby submit this as your official logo. <laughs> <laughs> in
0: laws. <laughs> is
1: that the in laws? No. Is that what the in
0: laws look like? Is this a projection of your feelings towards your in laws? I feel like this is what's happening right now. We're having a therapy session with Eagle, <laughs> and. His he was like doing freestyle art, but it wasn't freestyle. It was like it's like stuff. Back. You, you can't a, prove he has it. An image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? You can't prove it. Mm. I did study psychology after all.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Eagle, your take on this game? <laughs> uh, how do you see this one going down? Two undefeated teams.
1: Um. I'm interested in this game because my mind says Bruins are going to be the better team, but I think what I like about the Kiss My In-Laws systems is that it doesn't matter what you do on offense or defense, their system is kind of designed to beat anyone. So I'm interested to see how that philosophy will match up in this scenario. Um, only because I think the Bruins, what they do, they do really well. They execute on offense. They execute on defense. They they have their system, and it's very hard to stop. And I think Kiss My In-Laws have the exact same mentality when it comes to the game. So this is like the, the clash of the same style. Mm-hmm. And between, I mean, both quarterbacks, I think Gabriel Wiseman has the advantage. I think on the receiving crew, I think Kiss My In-Laws has a slight Advantage, but it's very tight. And I'm only saying that because I think once you get past the top two on each team, being uh, Rocco Cristiano, Zach Zwern, for example, on Bruins. And no, then well, both can't play at the same time. I don't Oh, believe. I think you're right, actually. Yeah. Maybe you're right. So Zwern was
0: injured, is slash is injured, and Cristiano's been subbing for him, replacing him. You're right, he actually. Zwern may be uh, playing in this one. Uh, that, that'll you know, be a game time decision. But yeah, continue.
1: Yeah, so then I was gonna say like Alexandre Saint-Arnaud is probably the next guy in yep. line to to kinda fill in mm. besides like Zach or, or Rocco. No, um
0: uh, who's their other yes, uh, Calix, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, they they basically like, they're splitting reps in terms of like uh, receptions and touchdowns and yards and everything. So in that sense I think I'd probably give the advantage a little bit to uh to them, but not as much as I was gonna do before. And then defensively, I think that Kiss My In-Laws is the better overall roster when it comes to the defense. Um, so it's it's hard to like look at this on paper and be like, oh yeah, well this team's better than the other and everything. I think, yeah. like I said, I give the edge to Bruins, but I can see this going the other way very easily. Cool. Yeah,
0: it's gonna be it's 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 so yeah. I'm playing in it. It's it's definitely one that we're all excited for. Uh, it's a good measuring stick game for the for. Uh, for both teams really but more for i think what you're getting at is it's more of a measuring stick game for Kiss My In-laws and see how their the offense is has, has developed and and playing one of the better defenses in the tier and and see how it how the, how the game goes are are we are we competitive with the best team in in tier 3 so
1: it's yep. it's definitely going to have that playoff vibe uh, to it and hey if uh, Bruins can't get the job done then you have lockdown on Wednesday it's going to do it so yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um Lori, yes. there's uh there's a lot of teams
0: yes. that are in green in the yes. standings, uh, that have two losses. Each. Yeah. Okay. So there's Diamond Bougie, uh, and Killer Ray's all sitting with two losses, but find themselves in the green uh side of the standings. Yeah. Which of those three teams is more likely to slip down into the yellow uh single elimination bracket there.
2: I've compared all three of the teams. I've compared what teams they're playing against in the next few weeks. I think Sulifes has a more chance of going into the yellow based on what teams they're playing against. Mm -hmm. So they're playing against Diamond Bougie,
3: which... That's, that that's going to be a yeah, good one, too. That's going to have a playoff so, vibe yes,
0: as well so. to it. Um, But, yeah, that's and that one definitely is going to be an offensive
3: uh, showdown. Sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're also playing against Kiss My In-Laws, mm-hmm. which I think Kiss My In-Laws has an advantage. So, again, that's a loss. And uh, But against Lockdown, so that's going to be a close one also. Wait, no, Lockdown is... Uh,
0: is Eagles team? Yeah, he's he's uh one and four right now. One and four, okay. Yeah, but so I f- think Sulefes have the win there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But no, I think Sulefes has more chance, a greater chance of going to the yellow. Based on what? Yeah. They're based on against. based on their uh, exactly. Uh, opponents. Exactly.
0: Um. Yeah, I was looking at it as well. Uh, I find that uh, as as much as I do like the uh, the Killer Rays uh i think that uh it's not been a rude awakening uh they've had they they are three and two they you know the thing with the record in f p f uh sometimes people say oh a five hundred record this isn't the n h l this oh. isn't uh the like it's it a three and three record which they don't have they have a three and two record uh it's not bad in f p f like you're playing some really good teams so to, to especially in tier three so to have three victories is is a good record. So it's no slight to them. Uh but I think again looking at their schedule which is uh what I was doing they 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 have a tough one. They they've got bandits who are just below them in the uh in the 9 seed at yeah. 2 and 3. That is a really good 2 and 3 team. Match- City. Yeah, match- ban- bandits. So yeah. they're they're much better than their re- record indicates. Ravens as ma- I don't know what to think about the Ravens. I always think they're a tough out. And then they, what are they, one and four? No, two and, two four, and four now. I, 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 never really know what to make of the Ravens, but they're I they're almost
1: still. neutral too—a one fifty-four, one fifty-three against type no, of thing. That's I mean, it. Like, like, if you have that type of breakdown and you're two and four, that usually means you got blown out in some games, and yeah. then you like blew out your opponents in the other or something. So, which, yeah, which is pretty much what happened.
0: they blew out uh, Why So Serious and uh, Threat Level Midnight. Um, but again, I, I'll always you give take, any weight to those two wins then, honestly. No, no, I don't. But if I'm looking at the killer rays against them, I, I'll i always take FPF experience and like the the height and nastiness of Mathieu Hull and uh, and Ivan Desjardins. Like these guys are just big, imposing bodies that. Just know the FPF game. They 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 know when to shove someone without the referee seeing it. They 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 just know the intricacies of the game so well that that's a, a huge advantage o- over uh, over Killer Rays. And then they finish that uh, their season with Voodoo, yeah. who are always a tough out. Uh, they're they're and Voodoo Top this team. year they're having one of their good seasons. Yes. Voodoo always has that good season, bad season, good season, bad season. This one's one of their better ones at uh, at five and one. So I think if out of those three, I think Killer Rays uh, have the chance to drop.
2: Okay, that's yeah. good.
0: Uh, Voodoo, I just spoke about them at five and one. Are they for real? Are they likely to go on a deep playoff run?
2: What do you mean by deep playoff run? So
0: like, just go really far into the playoffs, either a conference final or even go all the way to the finals in tier three.
2: uh well, based on the teams they've played against, maybe not – I don't think they could go that deep.
1: So, who, who's who been their strongest opponent thus far when you look at this? uh, It might be – it's either Bandits yeah. or, like I said, Ravens. Sisa. So, both those games were really tight. Yep. Yes. Like, really tight. Yes. I – I'm on the fence because Voodoo runs a very good system, Yep, but all it takes is that one team, that one team that can play one-on-one matchups really well. Aroosh? Aroosh could be one of them. That's a very good one, actually. And then suddenly Voodoo's system falls apart. And that's what I'm worried about for them. If they hit the matchups they need when they need them in the bracket, and remember, if they're going to finish in the top uh, spot, they get two chances at all the good matchups, right? Right. But ultimately, eventually, you're going to have to play a team which, let's hope, is not your exact counter. You know, like... Like we said, if let's say they get a roosh in the first round, now they go down to the bottom bracket. If they hit Arush again because it works out that way, you know, in another round, or if they work their way all the way to the finals, Arush is there. I'm using them as an example, being my yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's gonna be a problem for them. And I don't it all it takes is that one matchup that just takes it away. And I think in this tier, there's a lot of teams that could do that that weren't under schedule this time around. And I think that's where my worry is in terms of looking at them uh, versus everyone else in there.
0: So schedule a product, uh, the record being a product of their schedule and their <laughs> their matchup uh, problem that they could have with many of the teams that just happen to not be on their schedule.
1: Yeah. yeah, like like for example, right now we're looking at you know Arush. We just talked about. I think Bruins would also be yeah. a potential problem. Yeah. I think Diamond Bougie would potentially be a problem. I, I think, think yeah. Kiss so. My In-Laws could be a problem like none of those teams they played right right the other top teams they haven't played so So that's a risk to me so false king is your third point i'm not gonna say false kings because they've earned their wins but i don't think they've been challenged in the way a bruins arouse in-laws diamond bougie team would challenge them in that way fair fair enough yeah any closing thoughts laurie Oh, Voodoo. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And the yeah. only other team that beat them, Soule is currently in sixth, right? Like that's the other next top team that's there, let's call it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All
0: right, that closes out uh tier three. We'll uh Lori, we'll take our talents over to tier two. Uh what? <laughs> <laughs> our talents. Okay, they're Miami Beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um in tier two, you you did you got mixed up with the Kiss My oh, franchises. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um Kiss my outlaws. Yes. Um, do they have a better offense, or do they have a better defense? This is something we were talking off air, and actually something that I uh, was talking with Alexi with. Yes. Uh, they're of course sitting atop the standings. Uh, I believe now at six and zero. Yes. Uh, after their forty-three to twenty victory over Game Changers, uh, what do they have, Lori? Do they have a better offense? Who's put up two hundred and forty-one points, or do they have a better defense?
2: I personally think defense, because I know most of the guys, and all of them on defense are very dangerous. Mm-hmm. You could have um, Lewis as a safety; he can get those interceptions. I've s- every yeah he's, sing- quick. Th- yeah, he's very quick. He's got the hands, the height. So, and I've I think he's got an inter- interception every single game or most of them. Well, from what I've seen. It, he's got some.
0: It could be every game. Yeah. What I know for sure would something that would uh, support your claim is that the top four players in all of tier two yeah. with the most interceptions it's are all Kiss My on Kisma Outlaws.
3: Oh, okay. Well, which is ridiculous. That answers the question
0: that, that, <laughs> that uh, Oh, so that alone for you answers the question? Yeah, Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> supports your claim. It yeah, does. Con- so yeah, continue.
2: Yeah, uh, so yeah, and Alexi, he's very good on defense. I've s- I play with them, Marvin Sanders. They're amazing players. It's defensively they are good. It's no, no good. They're no. not good. It's
0: nasty. Exactly, they're nasty. It's it's, <laughs> it's a mach It's a turnover. Uh, we were saying this off air. It's a. They are a turnover machine. They stop offenses in their path. You think you're driving the field? You get. Did I explode? No, no, the, no I no? have something. Oh. You know. <laughs> um. You think you're driving the field, and, and you are, and you get past the half, and the next play, pick. You you drive all the way Out to nowhere. the red zone, yeah. pick, pick in the red zone, because now there's such tight spaces. Quarterbacks that try to thread the needle, like an Anton uh, Sakic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I've seen him thread the needles against uh, Friends Without Danny, for example. He tried. Uh, no. There's just those spaces... I, I saw Sanders in the, in just baiting him, giving five yards to the
1: receiver and just making a cut as soon as the ball was thrown, intercepted. like, Yeah. I, I think what I really like about this defense, and, and the way I usually rate defenses, is how well can they disguise their coverage yeah. and where can people play on the field? Because you're going to have teams, and obviously this happens less the higher up you go in the yeah. divisions, but even then there are certain teams that certain players will likely be playing in certain spots. Like, you are the fifth best player on the field when it comes to your defense, right? And so you are going to get the fifth matchup, or you're going to get the, 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 you know, defending the flats on a long-down down situation and everything, like yardage. So if I look at their starting five, and we're not going to count uh, Julien Pou, who I imagine is mostly rushing for this roster, more mm-hmm. or less, but, like, Phil Ferrand, Sanders Armand, Louis Bégin, Marvin Steinberg, Alexis Dubois. Let's say those are the five defenders on the field, right? You, <laughs> you you you're a quarterback. You don't know who's you're looking dropping. At this, you're like, who's dropping? I don't know. Who am I avoiding? I don't know. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. yeah. W- which matchup am I winning? I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's, it's That's a, the problem it's, with this It's defense. a matchup. I, I, like, any, whatever you want to say, it's a matchup. They're a matchup nightmare. They're a turnover scene- machine. They, they're just stop offenses in their tracks and and, and what are they doing? They're giving the ball to Stephen Harpersad, who's scoring on six out of seven drives average per game. And the one drive he's not scoring is because he has one or two plays left at the end of a half. So, like, this team, in just in general, is is disgusting. But the, 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 I, think, I think you're right. I think it's the defense. It just sets up an incredible offense. Yes. Because, like, it's not to slight the offense. The offense is just as good. Exactly. But the the starting lineup it's it's like an NBA team out there like it's, it's oh, just all the size, the speed, the hands it, it's 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 really hard to move the ball against them. It is. Um so uh game changers. Yes. Uh they suffered one of the defeats uh against uh Kiss My Outlaws that we just alluded to. Yeah. Uh can they sneak uh, right now, they're sitting in the yellow standings, yellow portion of the standings. Yeah. Can they, s- but they're just on the outside uh, in the seventh seed yeah. here. Um, they got a big win against uh, Hot Sauce Sports last night. Yeah. Uh, can they sneak over into the green side uh, of the standings? They've got the Santal. They've got Blackouts up next with uh, just two games remaining. Sweat and Beers uh, are 2 2 and 1 with five points. Can they get. Uh, at least one win, if not probably both uh both wins or both games to win in order for them to go up into the green.
2: I personally don't think they'll be able to win against Santal or blackouts mm-hmm. they're like yes, all three teams are good, but are game changers good enough to beat the two other teams? I don't think so,
1: yeah. So, what's the matchups you don't like in those games? Is it the Blackouts' offense versus the Game Changers' defense? Is it the Santor defense versus the Game Changers' offense, vice versa? Like, wh- where does Game Changers draw the short end of the straw in those matchups?
2: I think defensively, Game Changers have are struggling, mm-hmm. uh, I, well, especially against the offense for Blackouts and Santor. Yeah, because I've seen them both. play, and both, yeah, both yeah. Uh, offensively. So uh, defensively. Game changers are gonna have to, if they want to win, they're gonna have to outscore. Oh, yeah, they're they're gonna have to do something about it defensively because the offensive blackouts in Santo is just.
0: They're putting (laughs) up against them. They're putting up minimum thirty points. Exactly. So their only hope to victory, I think, then you're gonna say is that their offense has to produce. So can can they?
2: Can I don't think so because uh the. Defense for Blackouts and Santon also is pretty good. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think they'll be ag- – uh, except if uh, Sweat and Beers, they lose their games. I don't know who they play against, but I don't think they have a chance of going into the Yellow Sea. Right. So e- – but, but even
0: if – uh yeah, the green yeah. – to move up into oh, the green oh, standings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but e- even if so if they do lose the two games, game changers that yeah. is, even if Sweat and Beers lose the, the rest of their games, they are already ahead of them in the standing. So they'll they'll they can't jump them, of course. So, so. They they need one or, or both wins. Exactly. Um what do you think? I, I think they go 0 and two. 0 and two. I think they have the better shot of winning the game against Santal. I think they can move the ball against Santal's defense. Yes. I think they I can see them losing a thirty-five to thirty-two kind of game to Santa. They would keep it close. Um, my thing with the, the the game changers though is who's showing up, who's playing. True. Is is it going to be Jordan Panetta throwing like he did last night? I mean, he's not the starting quarterback. Yeah. It, it is Anton, and and he looks great when he's out there. But his cast of receivers is just constantly changing. From Tuesday to Wednesday, it was different,
2: and they added a new player halfway through the season. Game Half, changers.
0: Uh, possibly.
2: Yes, the they added Ryan halfway through the season. Ryan Dobbs Garnett. Yeah.
0: So like they're they're adding players constantly left and ch- right. Yeah, he exactly. wasn't there yesterday. It's not constant. Con- like yeah. it's it's just constantly different, and like even so, I, I played in that game against yes. against them, and wow, I look, full kept. credit. Yeah, you were scorekeeping it. <laughs> full credit to them 39 to 18 victory yeah. it's clearly a blowout but if that team had chemistry that that would have been a 50 uh, point loss you can know to, more? Yeah. Uh, to to uh or a 50 point win for them uh against Hawssaud sports but
2: they're missing the chemistry like you said yeah like, ju- just a bit it, it it it's field, it's yeah.
0: a bit more there when anton is there because he's the the normal quarterback okay, for that the, makes for sense. the team Uh, You could tell Jordan Panetta was a little off with his receivers. Um, But yeah, but it's still it's I just don't know who's going to show up for those two games. So I think they have the better shot against Santal. against blackouts. They need to they need to put up 50 to beat blackouts. And I I really I don't don't see I don't see that that happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, The top three teams. Yes. We got Kiss My Outlaws, of course, that we talked about. We touched briefly about uh, on blackouts uh, and Mangus as well. Those are yes. the top three tiers here in the standings. Uh, is there a legit separation from those three teams from the rest of the tier? Or does Santal fit in, into that equation? What are your thoughts?
2: I don't think there's a clear separation. I think like the top six teams deserve their place and they all have they're all close they're somewhat close well i believe so you think so you think a
0: team like beer belly brigade which came up from in the winter season yes uh playing in 4b uh having a rough time in division c in the spring uh has a chance uh, to beat teams like mangoose and kiss my old. Okay, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you, you could have. <laughs> no, 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 no. You you could have made you could have made an argument. Yeah, but no, for I, it. I, 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 don't I have an I, argument I w- And I would have been here to listen. Yes. I would have had time here to to listen uh, yeah. to it.
2: No, okay, then no. I w- I think there's a distinction between the three teams against the others. Or or
0: the Sant- or the Santar the Santar fit in there.
2: I think they do. They yeah. yeah I think they do. They deserve a place. Uh, they're close. What to the other teams, they could be I'm sure Mangus and Sato would be a good matchup.
0: It, yeah, it would be a good matchup. I think the quarterback play of uh Jason Rossi yes. with the receiver set that he's that he's surrounded himself with. Yeah. Uh Jeremy Rooney, not one of the lesser known names in, in FPF. Uh very, very good receiver. Ivan Desjardins, He's always uh he's he's more of a consistent name in, in FPF, playing with Ravens, as we mentioned. Uh uh snapper Chris Brockwell, um Vincent Benjamin on the team, Hugo Alamano. These these guys are, are great, great receivers. Put a quarterback like Jason Rossi in there. Uh, and, and and just they, they I think that it is the top four teams that actually
1: separate themselves. Yeah. And and not just the, the top three. No, I I agree. Eagle. So I do have a question for you guys. Do either of you know what a SWAT analysis is? Yes. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Correct, yes. So, Laura, you're somewhat familiar with it? Yeah, somewhat. Okay, so, and I don't want to necessarily go super scientific on this, but I want to look at those four teams that are at the top of the standings, okay? Kiss My Outlaws, Mangos, Blackouts, and Santod. Let's do the 30 seconds or less... SWOT analysis on these teams. Pick one, do the strengths. Pick one, do the weaknesses. Pick one, do the opportunities. Pick one, do the threats, essentially. And we can do it literally in the order, top to bottom, if you want, just because of the way the teams are structured. But yeah, let's try and break these down in terms of where you see teams being successful and what's going in their favor and where teams are going to struggle and what's going against them. So... Do so with strength. So,
0: Kiss My Outlaws are not a Tier 2 team. Alexi... Just no, I uh, they 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 are off the grid, they they sh- they shouldn't even be the uh,
1: entire team is just strength across the board, they're just
0: strength across the board. There's like their threat across the board, they're they're just everything that they shouldn't be, and they just they're they're off the board. They they don't get a discussion here.
2: But do you think they're good enough? The same team would be good enough to play against the teams in tier one. Th-
0: this is my hot take, is that their opportunity? This yeah. is my hot yeah. take. <laughs> I think. Kiss My Outlaws is better than Blessed. I think if you had Stephen Harraprasad on both, like playing against himself, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I think I think while the Blessed team believes there's better chemistry, and there there is, yeah. Um, the the Kiss My Outlaws roster is just in. Uh, and their argument is the chemistry is better versus the, they, they re- recognize the athletic talent is, is probably a little better on kiss my outlaws. Just, I think they're better. They're a better team than, than the blessed team. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that's kiss my right, Outlaws. Mangoose. Yeah. Mangoose. Um, they're higher on the strength. Uh, not so much. There's very little weaknesses. Um, there's maybe one or two players you can pick on, on defense, but apart f- and, and, and like, They're not bad players. They're just the worst of the group. Um, So the the, uh, weaknesses are subtle, let's say. Um, Their opportunity is, as the season has been going along, they've been now utilizing and with their additional pieces, James Drysdale being the main one. Yeah. He's the greatest opportunity for this team and he's taking full advantage of it he and is. he's he's made them into a contender in uh, in tier 2.
2: Every single game.
0: Yeah.
1: He uses him. Laura, you want to do Blackouts or Santa?
2: I'll do Blackouts.
1: So what is their what's their best strength?
2: Strength Offense, offensively. Yes. It's yes. <laughs> <laughs> could I agree more? They, they know what they're doing. They get the ball, they score.
0: You've seen Adam Sinagra throw? Yeah,
2: more than once. I, I think I scored like two other games. Yes. One so was that
0: outdoor game against Friends without Danny? Yes.
2: Yes. Exactly. How'd you, how'd
0: you find he threw the uh, football? <laughs>
2: uh, well, let's see, there's a clear difference between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teams, but just Adam but Sinagra. Yeah. No, he's bullets. Yeah, they're bullets. bullets exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. He I can, was he can break. the first time I saw it. Yeah,
0: yeah. He can break down a defense just you know just and 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 the way he reads the field real quick here yes, there boom very quick. So yeah, so and strength. his
2: release is very quick also. Yeah, so strength offense. Yes, offense. Yeah. Yes, offense. Uh, weaknesses, I don't know. Weaknesses about blackouts. I'd say they're uh
0: they're communication on defense. Um, not so much just when a a, 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 a basic. Huddle play and everything, but when they, the pace gets quick mm, they okay. they they seem to stumble and then there's miscommunications that happen. Okay. They think they're playing man with they have a lot of audibles uh, that they call. So they try to get that communication in check. But sometimes if the play is going a little too quick for them, they, they, they think they're in zone, but they were playing man, so they let someone wide open go and the
2: So defensively. Yeah, so okay. let's say defensive this, defensive communication, yeah. let's say. Okay, okay. sure. Uh, opportunities.
1: Like, are there matchups you like? Are there certain games that you like? Is it just, like, you know, they have a chance uh, to try and steal a championship from one of the other top two teams?
2: Uh, I think they do have a chance. They have great players. They're currently third. But, no, I don't think they – if they play against Kiss My Outlaws, I don't think they'll be able to pull through. So yeah. Outlaws are their biggest threat. Then. Yeah, biggest yeah. threat. As we mentioned before, why? Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, what was
1: it? Yeah, Santhosh so is the last one. Yeah, you want to go through this one, Iggy? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I think their their greatest strength, like kind of like what I alluded to, is their receiver set. But with that combination of of uh, of Jason Rossi at at, at quarterback, uh, I think their weakness is their is their defense um i think you can break it down um it's not that there's gaping holes in their zones um but they're not as tight as uh, as many of the uh, the other teams in in tier 2 i think there are there are opportunity is to, uh, to utilize, they can still utilize a couple more players a, a bit more into their offense, maybe make it a bit more of a balanced attack. Uh, players like Vincent Benjamin and Hugo Alamano come to mind uh, that maybe they're un, uh, slightly underutilized. Um, and their biggest threat— Ooh, I have one for this one. Yeah. Themselves, because they get tilted real easy. Yeah. You know what? I I like that one. Yeah, that one's that one's very true. You, the best example of one of my articles I wrote, man, Jason Rossi, you're up eight. Why are you going for two points? Why are you making it more difficult yourself to make it a two possession game? Go for one point, convert. You're up nine. Like make it the game easy for yourself. Like why are you not going up two possessions when you have the chance? So yeah, I like I like that one a lot. Uh, yep. Uh and we're going to wrap this baby up with tier, tier 4. Tier 4 exactly. Um and uh like we've done a, a couple times uh, already this season. Um I want to take a look at the penetrators. They've been interesting uh to kind of follow the wave uh of their season so far. Look, they're still undefeated. But Laurie, you saw them play yesterday. Yes, yes I did. Um, they played a 26-26 tie against Primetime. Yes. Uh, their last game, an 18-12, to very surprising uh, close game against Red Dragons. Um, it feels like their game is slipping a little bit, Laurie. What did you see yesterday in their game against Primetime? Four Penetrators? Yes.
2: Uh, I think... One of the big things was the rusher. He put a lot of pressure on the penetrator's QB because mm-hmm. he is fast. Yeah, very Ethan we're Adrian.
1: Are talking uh, yes. George Zeriotis? No, we're talking Ethan, Ethan Adrian. In on prime time. Of, uh, of oh, prime I'm sorry. I can't read that. Yes, is yeah. very
2: fast. And I've seen him co- play a couple times. He yeah. puts a lot of pressure on the QB. So that puts the, pressure, uh, the QB in a position of he has to throw the ball fast. Yep. So he has to read fast. The his off- well yeah the defense and his offense see who's op- ho- who's open, so that was the biggest weakness because I think there was a lot of drop balls if I'm if I remember correctly. It Is doesn't there? look no, like okay, it from the the I'm receiving mistaken. target yeah.
0: standpoint. Well, maybe to Joseph Shalou, uh, three of six, and uh, Jeremy Neimer, uh yeah. one of three. Um, no, so
2: I think the it starts from the the rusher to the QB. That was a main weakness. Because yep. Ethan put a lot of pressure. He's fast. He ran towards him. Didn't give uh, the QB a lot of time to throw.
0: Didn't miss too many tackles, from what I remember, either. Like, opportunities to sack. It's not like he went four sacks, but missed six others.
2: Exactly. No, he, I think he got a couple, so... Yeah.
1: What does the... um? the penetrator's defense look like? Because I'm looking at these stats here, and I can't tell if Daniel Spina is just airing out the ball too often and just missing, or if the defense is actually making plays. Because anytime I see zero PDs and a lot of incompletions from the opposing team, usually that indicates that it's misses and not plays. Inaccurate balls, right?
2: For the missed balls, yes. But the thing is about uh, Daniel Spina, right? Yes, yeah. He likes to throw his balls deep, yeah. and most of the time his receivers catch them. Or so yesterday I saw it, it was overhead. It was thrown too far ahead. There you go. So that's, yes. to answer your question, yes, it was too far ahead.
0: Yeah, and inaccurate sideline balls. There was even, even though they don't count yes. on the stats, even they don't count on the stats because it was an extra point, like an out but thrown to the receiver's feet. Exactly. Like, like, uh, uh, to the
2: feet or outside uh, the sideline. And yes. I saw because I was shook yesterday because – I've, I've scored. You were shook. Yes, I was shook. Cause yeah. I, c- Tell I me why you were shook. I the score,
0: very core. Yes, yeah.
2: I scored. Kept like I think three other games now. Yeah. The first two games, no inaccurate balls whatsoever. Right. Like none of the balls were too far off. And then yesterday, he threw the ball overhead of his receivers on mm-hmm. the long throws. He threw the ball outside the sideline where his receivers can't go and catch them. So yeah, it it was weird. So maybe he had pressure from the other team's rusher
0: yes yeah of uh i don't r- I, I think nick fawn rushes sometimes and then drops into coverage uh, uh, other times uh I'm, mm. I'm not sure if he's the full full-time rusher yeah. uh but yeah when nick fawn is there he he definitely can put uh pressure yeah. in uh in court opposing quarterbacks face yes
2: also what i could add uh just a thought yeah. what i see prime time did they tie the game, from what I saw, because they were taking it too, like, slow, easy? Because they're having a lot of fun on the field. Yes. So, say, w- did they tie because they didn't take it s- too seriously?
0: Well, well, Phillipson, well, are you referring to, like, what was the context of the game?
1: Cause yeah, so, mo- penetrators actually got last score and then yes. missed the extra point for the lead. So, it was yes. tied. Which left prime time with three uh, or four. Five plays, plays left. Yes.
0: Or no, four because there
1: was a penalty to make it five. Oh, ah, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Is what happened. So And uh, they got they got up the field significantly, right? Like they were like not red zone, but they were pretty close to it essentially uh, on the I last play. I think in the end they ended up being
0: almost at midfield. No, I know it doesn't look midfield. I know it doesn't sure. look that way, Eagle, but this is the Laval outdoor field. Yes. So the yardage doesn't accurately reflect where they were mm. positioned. Yeah, okay. Um, it was a little past half field. Okay. So they were, like, 15 yards out.
1: Oh, yeah, it's still not – that's that's convertible, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, 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 so definitely – It's is. not as easy of a player, There's not as many options available to you, though, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, Laurie, were you referring to, like, them being lackadaisical or just, uh, like, flimsy on on the last play? where Because – because just in general – or because just in I general,
2: they like to, I know they they they're they're hyper. They yes, they're they, hyped up. Yes, exactly. Sometimes
0: so too emotional. Yes, and need to calm like just yes. relax and like get settled yes. and 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 run their offense. But so yeah,
2: I think it's just a thought. Yesterday, if they would have like played well, fooled around less, we could say and uh-huh. take it more seriously. Right, I'm. Pretty certain they could have won the game. Yeah, against penetrators. I
0: I, I I know where you're going with that, and I I would tend to agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. They're on the sideline cracking jokes here and there, which is which is fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's perfectly fun. fine. They're you don't have, have to be fun. super no, no, no. super serious all the time. Um. But yeah, when you're in the huddle, you want to make plays and and like uh really execute. I think the execution w- was missing. Exactly. Um. And yeah, I think they definitely had a chance to win. And I think they exposed penetrators yes. uh, and with some of their weaknesses. Um, and I don't think we've been saying that penetrators are the number one seed. They're the number one front runners. I'm not sure about that anymore. I think save the turftles despite a loss to them I think if they were to play again I think turftles will learn from not just that game against the penetrators but from their entire season yeah um and Vincent Chung's been on a very very strong rise uh, at uh, playing at the quarterback position i I think I saw that. I think the save the Turftles team. Ha- is the new front runner uh, for, this, uh, for this division.
1: That being said, I mean, penetrators, like you said, are still undefeated, right? Next That's, week, they have yeah. QB Roulette. Yeah. That's probably a win. Yeah. But then they wrap their season up against Step Bros, who are a predicament, I guess, is the way I can describe it, right? Like, they kind of got off to a somewhat so- slow start, and then the last weeks, it's definitely been up and down as well. They got blown up by primetime. They uh, got beaten by Wib. Then they crushed Toon Squad. They have Red Dragons and, of course, Penetrators left on their schedule. So, like, what are we, what are we looking at when we're talking about... Uh, Step bros. Step Rose, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's a good one because early entering the season and kind of the first three weeks of the season, uh, this was a team that prided themselves on, on defense. And struggled mightily to move the ball on offense. And uh, and recently, in the last two weeks, um, and you were scorekeeping that one last week as well
2: With Step Rose
0: and, uh, yeah. and Wib 2.0. I did It didn't was chippy. Play. It was a chippy affair. There was a lot of talking from oh, the yes, back and forth. Um, but for the Step Rose to finally put up 25 points yes. last week and 32 this week. Uh, look, I, I, I think they would want to argue that they would, they, uh, they want to play all their games outdoors in Laval. They have in the week one, 20 points, uh, against save the turtles, then 25 and 32. That's, uh, more than 75% of their points have, (laughs) have come out playing Laval outdoors. Um, but yeah, I think, Brian of Sharma has come a long way um, with the passing attack. Uh, he's starting to understand more and more uh, the game, and having a guy like uh, Anthony McHale, uh having a true number one receiver uh, who knows the game. The guy has played FPF Junior before, uh, so he knows the idea of of FPF's version of flag football. Uh, and and he's clearly been a, a difference maker with 259 yards leading the way. What do you you what you saw them play last week? What what do you think they were good at? Not good at the Stebbles? Yeah, uh,
2: they were good. The Q the QB is good at throwing the balls, and the receivers are good at catching it. So I think offensively was a pretty
0: which is which was not the norm. The norm no. was that the, he could not get the ball uh, land into his it's receivers, have thirty forty percent completing his passes. Which but it is
2: changed a little over the past few games. Yeah, so, yeah, so absolutely for sure. Exactly. No, but but they also played yesterday, the Step Bros. Yes. Against uh, Twin Squad.
0: Yeah. Were you there for that game as well? I it was a, at that it game. Was, yeah, okay. It yes. was the earlier one. It was entertaining. Yeah? Yeah. In what way?
2: Uh, Well, Step Bros, they started off with a 6-0 because Twin Squad, they didn't oh, arrive on sucks. time. I okay. know. But say Twin Squad, they didn't let it affect them. Say so yeah. they went on the field. They were having fun. We could see f- from the get-go that it's the the cap between the two teams are not the same and it was really what was entertaining and funny was yeah. that during the game uh i think Toon squad are like younger yeah y- yeah they're way younger than several well, yeah. they come yeah. from our, our junior program exactly. i think actually yeah, right i've yeah, seen their pictures the their time. pictures are really young yeah, yeah yeah so when they were playing st- i think number 20 in toon squad he is fast he, uh-huh. was, yes. he was, he yeah. was, when he got the ball a couple I think like two, three times, he was running past the step bros defense. Yes. And Max the, Arnovitz. Yeah. Number 20. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And the defense in the step bros, they were getting mad because. Was he
1: getting the ball though? Or
2: yes. He, well, he
0: 20, was, or he was just running behind them was, and not no, getting the ball. He was, past m-
2: him. he was skipping the, uh, the defense of uh step bros and they couldn't get, Okay, the flag, flag. Right, okay, so okay, that's okay. why they were getting mad because and then one of them said a comment about like oh you're getting be- beat by a 16 year old because <laughs> they're <laughs> younger so it was yeah. pretty funny and entertaining but it was a good game
1: like what's the story the with Toon Squad though like I don't know how to judge this team they kind of like good seasons bad seasons like the last few games have kind of been a little bit like wacky I guess and everything clearly not showing up on time like what? how do I feel about this like, I don't know
0: I really don't I don't know either and in even yesterday's game, unless you took the the stats wrong, uh, Laurie, um, Jesse Dim, a third quarterback, came in and actually performed the best.
2: Uh, for a toon squad? Yes. Yes. They, okay. They, they were changing. But how do you go
1: from tying prime time to then just beating QB roulette and then loss, 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 loss? Like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I think they're losing confidence
0: uh, in in. Who's officially the starting quarterback? We all well, we thought it was Adam Mantel. although we you know what no, going into the season we thought it would be Garner Ross, as he's been the the franchise quarterback. Uh, they decided you know and getting the opening game uh, with a tie to prime time, which was which I thought you know a, a good result uh, to start the season, and then beating QB Roulette, which again, although I'll be fair. QB roulette's defense is 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 not bad. So uh, to make but to be in a tight game, that's something else. Um, but you know, to start the season 101 and then with both games with Adam and Tell there, I thought it would be better than you know what it's four losses in a row. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think they're losing. But then they're switching quarterbacks to Garner Ross. If they throw like three interceptions, they're switching out, going to Adam Mantel, then going back to Ross, and then yesterday adding a third quarterback, Jesse Dim, and he looked the best. He led two drives down the field for a score.
2: He, threw, he was able to throw the ball to an open receiver and that receiver to catch it and run upfield.
0: Like, like. Uh, do impressed. they have a quarterback controversy uh, like going into the the playoffs here like the like or was it just a one off like yeah i i agree with uh, eagle here I, I i i can't i don't have a good um uh, heartbeat yeah. on this team like that uh, that heart starting to fail and and uh wither away i i don't know what it's going to take for them uh to start pumping more blood I don't but know they either. uh but they they, they dev- definitely need uh, a heart shock here uh, as the as the season comes to a close yeah Um, so that, that, that was, uh, that was tune squad. Um, then last topic here, uh, if we look at the quarterbacks in tier four, um, there's clearly a distinction, um, with, uh, about the top three, maybe top four quarterbacks, uh, leading the way. Uh, but I'm more interested in that middle pack. Uh, we, the quarterbacks that have thrown 11 touchdowns. Um, as Eagle puts it up here on the board. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Bruno Provencher of Deep Balls, Adam Mantel of Toon Squad, Guillaume Boulanger of Red Dragons, thank you, and Pranav Sharma uh, of the Step Rose, all
1: with 11 now touchdown passes. Do Not you count lot- uh, Kenny Boutillier plus Zachary Gill for QB Roulette? uh They're it's end? eleven as well yeah sure
3: <laughs>
0: yeah but but no, no, because my question is if you had to pick one of these guys uh to lead and uh have the most confidence to lead your offense uh to a playoff victory, Luddy, who are you going with
2: from what I've seen, I would go with uh the step bros q b yeah
0: like, like like well like you said, in the last two games, so again. 11 touchdowns on the, on the season. In the yeah. last two games, uh, I've, I had his stats up.
1: The sacks are concerning, though. You're giving <gasps> uh, away a lot of yeah. yards, right? Like that's, that's a lot. It's more sacks than touchdowns. But do yeah. they
2: gain them back? That's the thing.
1: No, no? clearly not. Oh. He's at 558 yards in five games. That's like, oh, hundred, okay. what, 110 yards a game? Yeah. That's so three fields that you're driving? Yeah. That's not.
0: So, yeah, keep that in mind. So, his last two games... Nine touchdowns of the 11. That can't be right. Two games. How come it's nine, but the stats don't make sense? Maybe it's not
1: refreshed yet. Who knows?
0: Oh, oh, is it? Yes. (laughs) Because someone didn't upload the games last night. This is exactly. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. This is totally your fault. You told me. You see how like I, I mentioned that? Yeah, I I'm calling the audible. Um, <laughs> hey, I heard that. Oh, that damn! Scared me. <laughs> yeah, that scared me because I can't hear anything. And then you but, heard that. I really <laughs> heard that. Um, so in let's say, so in his last two games, uh, he's had he's thrown for nine touchdowns. Uh, Eagle, you said his average was around one ten. He's thrown for one seventy six and one thirty one. Uh, and has only been sacked four times instead, Uh, with normally his quarterback rating being 33, 85, 76, 39. His quarterback rating in the last two, 92.5 and 88.5. So definite improvement in, the, in those last two games, as you were saying.
2: Or does it depend on the teams he play against?
0: It could be that as well, but yeah. WIB 2.0 but yeah. and Toon Squad defenses? True. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they're not yeah, they're yeah. not completely incompetent no, defenses. No. They're to put up those kind of numbers is, is nice to see when earlier on he was throwing 107, 110, True. 73, 92, uh one touchdown, three, two touchdowns. So it can one see the touchdown. improvement. Yeah, de- de- definite improvement. Uh so you're going with uh Sharma. Yeah. yeah, would
2: you go with him also? I would not no. go
0: with him. I need to see that. A two-game sample size True. of an improvement is not enough for me. I need to see him do it on more. a more consistent basis. Yeah, uh, so he has two more chances, if I not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or or maybe three more games uh, to to to, sh- to prove that to me. Uh, until then, I'm going with uh, someone I've actually played against. I, I saw him. Uh, uh, I subbed for QB Roulette this week. Yeah, uh, I saw Bruno Provencher. Yeah, I you, subbed in tier four. Really, Yeah, why not that. get an anyway, extra why, game? In. Exactly. Why not? Um, <laughs> I, I I played against uh, Bruno Provencher. uh He's him too. He's had a slow start to the season. Yeah. Um, but his last uh, last few games, you can tell like he. So he definitely knows how to throw a football, but he more importantly knows how to read uh, defenses. Okay. He also has the ability to scramble, much like Brian of Sharma does, um, but uses it when that is the last remaining option in his wheelhouse okay. uh and and he's definitely able to pick up a first down uh when when needed uh when using his legs um Yeah, I would either go with uh, Bruno Provencher or Adam Mantel. Again, Adam Mantel has been on and off. Uh, Pranav Sharma hasn't shown me enough. And Guillaume Boulanger, uh, him too. He's struggled uh, for most of the year. Um, I I, I just like the progression that Bruno uh, has shown so far. I'm going with him to lead me to a playoff victory.
2: Okay, that's good.
0: Eagle, you picking one or uh, we're... No, you're not picking anyone. You don't want to do Tier 4. We'll go with... QB Roulette. Oh, yeah. We'll go with QB Roulette. Q-B Roulette. (laughs) Who are they going with? They're going with Sebastien Lamy. So even the wheel. I got to do that earlier. Uh, So I think we either have to abandon the wheel or update the
1: wheel because he's not throwing this year and neither is uh
3: I mean Vincent. is he
1: not throwing because they're not listening to us? Yes, maybe. And that's why they've lost every game? Question mark. <laughs> I
2: was okay, funny thing, I was about to ask you guys yes. cuz you do this every single week, right? Yes. And I thought that they were following what you guys were putting. No. And no. that's because and I was like is that because They've lost all their games, and I was about to blame it on Uh, on you guys. No, it's the opposite. (laughs) 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 They haven't been listening to
0: us, and that's
1: why they're 0-5. Yeah,
2: that makes more sense.
1: Yeah. Eagle, it's time for... Now it is time for Games of the Week. (laughs) I don't think I can do this for another 30 seconds. I was trying to make a nice, easy timestamp, but it's not going to happen, so I'll just have to update it anyways.
3: Let's go. Play it
1: play. Um, FYI, we have to fix the weeks. Ugh, we I talked you. about it. We know how to change it. So long story short, when we did Sked Builder, the uh, automatic algorithm to do the schedules. Cut the music. No, no. It's fine. <laughs> the way the schedule was done was such that because of the Thanksgiving bye week, whatever it is, the days kind of jump around and then, all the weeks that would normally get a one-week break, Sunday got like a two-week one or something and ended up being like the front or the end, and it just, it screwed up the week. We're going to fix it. We're going to move the, the weeks around to make it a little bit more, I guess, Sunday to Thursday-y rather than what we have right now, which is a little bit of like all over the
3: place. But Monday to Sunday right now. Yeah, it's just it's really strange. So
1: we're going to predict all the games up to and including the 26th, which is the Wednesday, because I don't think we have any more Thursday games left. So let's oh, start. Oh, no more Thursdays. much fun we're going to start with the women's division. Brut versus Red Nation. Brut. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll go Brut as well. All right. We're going to go Coed, Iced Out versus Fast Not Furious.
2: Fast Not Furious?
1: Yeah, I'll go uh, Fast Not Furious. Benchwarmers, Les Petits fuck.
2: I'll go Benchwarmers. Yeah,
1: I'll go PP. Badgers, Free Smoke. Free Smoke. Free Smoke. Fit
0: Squad, Y&Y. Y&Y. No, I'll go Fit Squad. They're my—that's my co-ed team.
1: Melting Pots, Sneaky Snakes,
2: Sneaky Snakes.
1: Yeah, I'll go Sneaky Snakes too. Easy Fun, the Villains.
2: Easy Fun.
0: I think it's close, but uh, yeah, I'll go close. Easy Fun. And Good game. kiss
1: my end zone, Badgers. We can't, we both can't pick yeah, it. Yeah, we So, yeah, Ego, okay. you pick. I'm gonna go kiss my end zone, but I do like badgers, especially the honey badger. The badger, 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 badger. badger, badger. Mushroom, mushroom, mushroom <laughs> snake. What? Uh, <laughs> we, we're, we're too old for Lori. Wow. Oh, God. Tier e bumps. one. Run it once. Easy W. Run it once. I'll go easy W. Blessed, hashtag NR. Blessed. I'll go blessed. And Braves, kangaroos. Great game. Oh, Ooh. yeah.
2: I'll go Kangaroos.
0: Uh, after a loss, coming off a loss, give me Braves.
1: All right. We're going to go Tier 3, Ravens, Blue Dreamers.
2: Ravens.
0: I'll go Ravens, but uh, I like what Blue Dreamers have done with a new quarterback.
1: Kiss my in-laws, Bruins.
2: Kiss, uh, Kiss my in-laws.
1: I can't pick that one You go You pick No Bandits Killer Rays
2: Killer Rays
0: that, one, that one's gonna be Like a one point close. game Yeah it's I'm, close.
1: I'm gonna go Bandits Why so serious Lockdown
2: Lockdown uh,
1: <laughs> Lockdown Trap Stars Warriors
2: uh, Warriors
0: this one, too, man, this is a lot of close games. I'll I go know. Trap Stars. Suley
1: Fest, Diamond Bougie.
2: Diamond Bougie. Man, this one too. <laughs> it's close. Offensive <laughs>
0: Fireworks.
1: Give me Diamond Bougie. Lockdown, Kiss My In-Laws.
2: Kiss My In-Laws.
1: Can't pick it. Arush Lalimo, 17-year-olds. Arush. I'll go Arush. Warriors, Threat Level Midnight. I'll go Warriors.
2: Threat Level Midnight.
1: Killer Rays, Ravens.
2: Killer Rays.
1: For th- that one I'll go. Killer rays and voodoo blue dreamers.
2: Voodoo.
1: I'll go blue dreamers with that one. All right, we're gonna go tier two. Team ethnic friends without Danny. Team ethnic. Yeah, I yeah. thought
0: you were gonna say friends without benefits. I'll go <laughs> team ethnic. <laughs> uh, game changer.
1: Santa. Santa. Uh, Santa. Team ethnic blackouts.
2: Blackouts. I'll go blackouts too.
1: And sweat and beers, beer belly brigade.
2: Sweat and beers.
1: Hmm, it's
0: the beer matchup. Uh, Eagle, what kind of beers are you having for this game?
2: Let's not go back into that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do want to have a sour beer more recently uh, because I have a friend who tried some and they're like, I don't like it. I'm like, you're wrong. I'll go.
0: I'll I'll sweat and I'll have a beer.
1: (laughs) All right. And lastly, Tier Four, Wib 2.0, QB Roulette, Wib. Wib. Red Dragons, The Step Bros, Step Bros. Yeah, I'll go Step Bros. The Penetrators, QB Roulette, Penetrators, the pens. Deep Balls, Prime Time.
2: I'm gonna go Prime Time.
1: I'll go
0: Prime Time, but it's gonna be closer than uh, what. With- people no, expect think.
1: and save the turtles tune squad
2: save the turtles save the tea
1: all right this is uh this is fun guys this is a good game of the week segment thank you for being here today thanks for playing and uh, now we can go into regular I- music for exit i'm just waiting for a nice break yeah Lori,
0: yes. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you for having me again. Yeah,
0: it was awesome. You it did was. a hell of a job, Eagle. You did a hell of a job producing the show today. That's a first tonight. Yeah, it's the first time. I, it's the first time and only time I'm gonna praise you for that.
1: <laughs> I mean, you set the bar so low. It's I hard did. I, I literally did.
0: Uh, I set an inaudible uh, bar.
2: Can I say something real quick? No. Yes. Always. Yes. Of I can talk. Okay. Me and Mo were talking just fast, fast. And he said that you talk a lot, so he wanted me to yeah. He wanted me to time you, and then I'll say the time, and yes. you're gonna be like wondering what why are you timing me? And I'm gonna be I'm gonna say, I wanted to see what takes longer, you talking or our offensive drive last season in our final. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a eight or nine minute drive. Oh, That
2: was a so long. It's okay. We, we won.
0: I, that's that led to a victory. It that, did. Uh, it did. I don't know why
2: he's complaining though.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, that was that led to a victory. Tonight was a victory. Yes. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Calling the Audible. We are signing off for the night. Thanks for making it victorious. Thank you.